Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. What is going on, everybody? It is episode 223 of Pop Culture Crisis. My name is Brett. I am here with my co-host. Would you introduce yourself, please? Hello, Crisis Nation. It's Mary. You are some spoiled crisis actors because not only did you have fresh faces to meet yesterday, but you have another one today, someone you might have seen on YouTube before. Sir, introduce yourself, please. Hello, my name is Rusty Cage. I am an internet bum, a uh, musician. <laughs> I make YouTube videos. And yeah, you may have seen me on the internet uh, possibly sometime in the past 10 years, hopefully recently. That was actually going to be my, my first question was like, uh -huh. how long have you been uh, making videos? Uh, probably since 2008. Wow. I mean, I really since YouTube started, yeah. but that was like... 2006 but i didn't really do anything serious. no like i just i was just checking the other day my youtube channel goes all the way back to 2005 like cause oh wow sk skating was some of the first stuff you started putting on those channels because yeah. it was like the first place that you could put content out where you could get it to people that wouldn't normally be able to get your content so my channel goes back to like uh december okay of 2005 or something like that i didn't even so, know it went back that far yeah so uh, uh you make music i listened to some of your music uh -huh. i liked it uh, uh musical influences uh tom waits Tom, that, yeah, okay, I said you Leonard Cohen, that. that's what I meant, Tom Waits. Yeah, I was like, the first thing I thought of was like, it, I saw, I heard, I was listening to a, a couple uh, of different songs recently. I feel like that's probably at this point the closest, or the, the biggest influence where, yeah. I don't know, I try to emulate some of his stuff. But a lot of, really, I get musical influence from everyone, Nine Inch Nails, um, Stravinsky, Al Jolson. And then you make other – you don't just make music. You do other types of content as well. Yeah, I make comic books. As, I, I just shift around everything. I get yeah. bored of one thing and I move to something else. So, yeah, like – Physical media comic books? Yeah. Oh, wow. Like uh, through like a publisher or through like Indiegogo or, or Kickstarter? Yeah, I'll fund it through Indiegogo. That's what I've been doing. I have three out so far. It's like – That's awesome. They're about 30 – or they're about mm. 40 pages a piece. Who, um, uh, who do you work with on those? Or do you do that all by yourself? Yeah, I do all the writing wow. and illustrations myself. I have one guy who I'm trying to integrate for the art just so I can get them done a lot quicker. Yeah. But it's so it's difficult to delegate out those tasks. It feels like you want to do everything to have full creative control. But yeah. uh, but I'm working on finding an artist that has like a similar style. 
I follow like a lot of like the the independent comics creators that make their own stuff through like Indiegogo and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy following that process, seeing them make that because it's not really uh, the same thing as like it was back in the day when you were making when you were getting an art you know an issue every month at a comic book store. It is more of a prestige type product now where people aren't just buying the comic; they're buying the experience of being able to be part of the the creation of it. Oh yeah, definitely for sure. I mean, yeah, when you're mass producing comics. Um, through a major publisher like even like Dark Horse or something. Yeah. yeah you, IDW. Right, yeah. right. Um Yeah, doing it yourself, uh, especially with Indiegogo, you can give people all these extra perks and they can see the progress along the Listen, way. Listen, that's what people are in it for now. They're not just in it for the the co- the comic. If anything, like a lot of them talk about how that ends up being kind of like a like when they're done they review it and they're like and it's done. But it was like what they enjoyed was the process of watching it get made through a creator, which means you're not just like a creator and that kind of goes to all of content creation now. Like you're no longer allowed to just be one thing if you're gonna be successful on your own. You have to kind of be able to like Ethan Van Skyver doesn't just make comics and draw comics. Uh-huh. He's also a personality that does his streams every day. Right. And you're more than just that content, that type of content. So, yeah, you have to do everything. I mean, you have to, especially the production side of it, yeah. you have to know lighting and editing and uh, writing all that stuff. Yeah. If you want to make comics, you have to get in front of people's eyes and get them to, give you money yeah so you brought up uh ethan and i i don't know if he's had a falling out with another creator doug to Naple. yeah uh the guy who made uh um earthworm jim he's the one that got me kind of set up uh doing comics because i didn't really know anything about how to get into it how to publish them and ethan or doug uh, Doug, did. Doug, yeah, D- Doug is like uh, he had his uh, he, he had launched his Earthworm Jim relaunch back in like twenty twenty or something like that. Yeah. It would have been around that time. Uh, I, said, I follow all that stuff. It's a very fascinating industry to see, kind of a place where it's no longer the str- the strongest medium for the youth. For youth, if anything, you're making things kind of for an older generation now mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of ways, and it's kind of a it's a form of art frozen in time. Uh, right. Because these people, they don't want it like uh, the new generation of those creators. They're not looking to have them turned into TV shows. They believe that there's enough strength behind the art form itself, yeah. the art form of creating comics that they don't need that other stuff. But they can also do it with the action figures. I know Ethan does like uh, he's been doing like action figures with his and stuff, and they have all the perks and stuff like that. It's kind of fascinating to watch that industry blossom. Yeah, I mean that's another thing too. Is like all the merch that I've made around the comic. Uh, just for the sake of adding more perks for people to yeah. incentivize them to pitch them to campaign. It's crazy how much money they've made from it. Yeah. I mean, comic books, you would think it's kind of like a dead industry or I don't know. It feels like it's dying. The but... mainstream part of it, it does feel like it's like, we're going to be talking about Warner brothers discovery today. And like, right. what's one of the interesting things I thought about was like, there is no reference to the comic book division getting cut from there interesting yeah so uh but yeah like uh zach from comics matter when he relaunched his most recent jawbreakers campaign he did like he sold the comic for a dollar and the idea it was was like a dollar two dollars and the idea is that it doesn't get people come there to buy that but then they buy a package then they buy the back issues that they don't have yet they buy the the you know the the cards right whatever other merchants it's all about kind of uh taking your merchandise outward uh and giving people more than one product to purchase yeah, I have a buddy who uh, he's trying to launch his new comic. I'm not sure if it's out yet, but um, he's going to try that method. I don't know if he's yeah. giving it away for free or doing like $1 method. Yeah. It seems like that can go two directions. You could either lose a lot of money in production costs and shipping costs because it's 
definitely expensive to print and ship these out. Yeah, that's what's going on right now with uh, with uh, Eric July. He's uh, just there's in, insane shipping costs because he sold so many mm-hmm. that uh, spent like what twenty thousand dollars just shipping these out. Just oh, yeah, be- yeah. because it's his first comic, it's like he doesn't have like strong relationships built yet. He didn't have strong relationships built yet with like suppliers in in the supply chain. So he kind of lost. He lo- he had to lose like twenty k. On the shipping project, you have process. to factor that in yeah. for sure. I, I think I spent sixteen, seventeen thousand dollars wow. shipping out just the last um, comic that I put out, and you definitely have to factor that in whenever people are purchasing it. And it kind of sucks because just to send like a forty-page comic about that big, you know, standard size comic, but a little thicker than a normal, you know, monthly issue uh, overseas can cost. Uh, $27 yeah. yeah and it goes up all the time so sometimes you'll have a campaign and you'll factor the shipping costs in and by the time it comes around to actually ship out the product they've already raised the shipping rates so then you end up losing money on shipping crazy yeah it's 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 definitely insane it kind of shows you just how like uh, these businesses became as strong as they are because these these major corporations have these relationships built with these uh supply chains and stuff like that that independent creators just don't have the access to early on but Mm -hmm. it shows you how much work it took to get those corporations to that size yeah where they could afford to ship these comics i mean it'd be great to find someone like in europe that i could just send a huge bulk amount of comics to and then they handle it but I don't know how, then you have to worry about storage fees and all that. And something similar like that happened to somebody that I knew who was, uh, he was like the first importer of kendamas here in the USA. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know what kendama is? It's like no. the little, it's like the ball in a cup. It's got the three oh. prongs oh, yeah, on yeah. it like that. He, uh, he imported them because he, he, he found them in Japan or wherever when he was traveling. And he's like, these, there could be a market for this here. And like, you just, I just remember a lot of talk about shipping and all of the costs and expenses that came with that when you were doing it independently and not through a, a company that was already established. Yeah. I mean, you know, someone's like, Hey, I'd love to buy your comic, but I don't have $45. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I got to cover my printing costs yeah. and then, you know, actually try to make some profit on it. And that's why like when, when people are doing it through a, co- through a corporation, you can make it for cheaper because the creator is just, he's just the create, he's just the artist and just the person who's working on a salary for a corporation. They can afford to do that because they're mass producing. When you're not mass producing at that level, you have to make it about the experience, which is really what crowdfunding has become. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. If, if they're printing out way higher volumes of comics, yeah. knowing that they can, you know, they'll get less uh, printing costs. Also, when you're working for one of these, you know, production companies um, or these comic companies, normally they'll pay you. They'll say, all right, uh, we'll buy the rights to your comic. We'll give you 40 grand. And from that, you have to hire your artists and your writers and your colorists and letters and all that. And anything left over, you can keep, which yeah. is normally not very much. Yeah. And then they make the profit. So when I was talking to um, Doug Tenaple about that, he was he was telling me all that because he'd worked for, I think he'd worked for Dark Horse. I'm not really yeah. sure. Um, but he's like, yeah, just crowdfund it. You can keep all the money. And people are much more willing to support the actual artist than some faceless company. What's the name of the comic? Uh, Requiem of the Crazies. It's uh, it's about homeless people, these particularly two who are, but this it's about a uh, homeless community that's being overrun by a cult leader who's, trying to kind of poison their food with uh, psychedelic drugs and... 
Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. ArcSeedKits.com. Uh, get them indoctrinated into his cult. That's awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of things involved, but it's I so. Love that. The, the problem is, like, it's it takes so long to make them that it's like, how do I keep people's interest uh, when it takes me a year to yeah. make 45 pages and get everything ready and printed? Uh, it, I, I took a break from essentially everything, like music and YouTube, back in 2018, just to focus on it. And I'm doing the math. I'm like, all right, if this is going to be eight issues long, then it's it's not going to be done until like I'll be uh, 37, <laughs> yeah. 38 or something. Like, and that's if everything goes according to plan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If everything goes according to plan. And so it's like, hopefully I can keep people's attention or if they're just going to age out of it and say, I, I don't even remember what was happening in the story. I don't know. It's a, uh, it, it might've been more than I could chew, but now I've already started. So I have to finish it one way or the other. Yeah. And once it's done, then it's fine because I'll have the com- the completed story. Uh, it's always good to have kind of like intellectual property like that because it can sell indefinitely. Yeah. Um, if people are, I find new people in the future who eventually will buy the entire series. So doing stuff like that's good because it's just compounding uh, merchandise. If someone buys an album, they'll mm-hmm. buy the comic. If they buy yeah. issue one, they're going to want to buy issue two and three. People kind of have to be multifaceted now. You can't just make it on one. Like, like uh, think about it. we talk, we joke a lot about act uh, musicians and actors all becoming activists, <laughs> right? Like, it's you need like, a portfolio. Yeah, you need a portfolio. Or the, like, or a big one is wine. Like a lot of like actors are starting their own wine company. Yeah, yeah and Frankie weird. Muniz moved into like making artisan olive oil really? or something that's cool and he wrote he uh he raced like nasc or like uh yeah like nascar something or something like after but he it, quit that's the show. mostly just because he forgot acting well he like he, he got hurt too he got like a really bad injury i was just i was just reading about something about him recently his I, memory loss was such that like he did not remember being yeah. a child actor so i understand why he would go into different things from there but yeah like you've got to have a have a hyphenated portfolio or hyphenated title for who you are he said he didn't now. remember any of malcolm in the middle yeah like that's crazy yeah, yeah. that's crazy like imagine doing especially that, that he's acted after that yeah is crazy think about like some like especially a show like that's that's not like a one season show that was like a successful show mm-hmm. that like now people are going to come up to him like quote stuff at him he's like i don't know what the hell you're he talking he grew about. up on that yeah. show yeah. So that's like a significant amount of his life it's like not remembering your childhood right yeah, it's exactly. kind of sad but like to him it's not sad it's just his life he seems all right i mean i remember he was in a band for a while and so he's just kind of still living life you know he's not in the limelight but it doesn't seem like it really bothers him his twitter is funny as hell really i got i'm happy to check (laughs) it out what's on it 
I don't, he just seems like perfectly dejected at all times, but has a good sense of humor. Yeah, well, sometimes <laughs> that's what you need. <laughs> yeah. So we got a bunch of stuff to talk about today. We are going to talk about Warner Brothers um, backtracking. They they backtracked on their on their uh, diversity and inclusion directors and writers workshop program, which they had cut. Which I initially thought had to do with backlash that they got, but I, I tend to believe that David Zaslav. Uh, a lot of people were writing articles about this stuff that it was bad that they that they cut this program. I oh, I thought believe- you meant they were getting backlash for having the program. No, no, no. They were getting okay. backlash for cu- for cutting the program. I tend to believe that David uh, David Zaslav uh, is kind of a Chad and doesn't really care. But yeah, but if a he were a Chad, reason. he wouldn't have backtracked. No, there, I think there's a legal reason here that somebody pointed out that that I do believe is the is the point that has to do with the the they're basically the guild like their uh, their union. Uh, So we'll get into that Uh, We're also going to talk about Kanye West Because he is a a constant source of news right now And he doesn't know a movie coming out And that's uh, that's amazing, right? Because we're always talking about how all these people say controversial things right before like uh, a new movie came out. I don't think he has anything coming out. Right I don't now. think hmm. he's uh, planning anything. He's just on a roll right now. If anything, he's pulling away from his brands like yeah. Adidas and uh, and all. He's these trying places. to get out of contracts. Yeah. So we're gonna do that, and then afterwards we're gonna talk about the absolute uh, crap show that was TwitchCon this year, and uh, a bunch of thank you, thank you, thank you guys, uh, uh, a bunch of stuff. Uh, <laughs> She says they said Mary if you're bored talk in the chat. Are you oh, bo- are you bored, I don't Mary? I haven't ever like added something to the chat before. Yesterday yeah. we kind of established that they're their own They are thing. their own entity. They're they're a world unto themselves up there. So uh we'll do that. We got Podluck, we got a bunch of other stuff. So if you guys are ready to get into it, we'll get right into it. Mary, are we ready? We're ready. Rusty, are we ready? I'm ready. All right. So it says, Warner Brothers Discovery makes U-turn on closure of Writers and Directors Workshop moves initiative to diversity unit. Uh, but before we get into that part of it, we are going to first go through the original, what, what led to this incident, which says, Warner Brothers TV layoffs, studio cuts 26% of the workforce uh, between unscripted, scripted, and animation divisions. Uh, and then the animation and unscripted divisions are merging functions. Yeah. Uh, so so we, we looked at the original number. It was 125 total positions were cut from their uh, Warner Brothers television division. I, I immediately thought, I was like, it's that small that 26% is 125 people only? But it's just the television mm-hmm. division of this company. Obviously, Warner Brothers is a much larger uh, well, media apparatus. So the 82 people they fired, their positions have been eliminated too? Yes. What were they? They're, they're merging with other departments or with people that were probably coming in from Discovery. Okay. Um, so it says, Deadline revealed Monday that the cuts would likely come today and revealed that earlier that Warner Brothers TV was shutting down digital production arm Stage 13 and its Warner Brothers Television Workshop, a key plank in finding and mentoring new and diverse talent. Well, there was a lot of unhappiness when they found out yeah. that they were cutting this workshop, which apparently from what I, the research that I gleaned from like, like hearing people on like insiders talk about it in the comments, which a lot of the people on deadline, whether they're telling the truth or not, talk about how they work in the industry. Cause it's a, it's an industry website, right? Like oh, yeah. right, most people aren't checking deadline or, mm-hmm. or variety and stuff like that. Uh, and basically they're saying that out of like all the studios, they have to have some similar type of program that's designed for mentoring young directors and writers. Uh, it's part mm-hmm. of their uh, the collective bargaining agreement with the right or with the Directors Guild of America. Yeah, the selling point of putting the Writers Directors Workshop into the DEI division is that they'll be able to go beyond just uh, potential writers and directors and get like 
animators, music people, yeah. any any type of person but the, uh, into a mentorship. But the thing is, they kept talking about cuts like that, like the well, the really annoying one of students, like the whitewashing of Warner Brothers. I'm like, twenty six percent is going to be a lot more than one race, ethnicity, or gender. Right. A lot of people are going to lose their job, and making it about that is annoying to me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it, people are definitely mad that they're. Is, is it because their positions are redundant? Yeah, because uh, they're likely going to to merge with uh, other divisions of Discovery, which is the company that bought out Warner Brothers. Right. So why wouldn't they just Thank say you. it's because uh, it's because of racism? That's why they'll yeah. call it streamlining. Yes. Right. <laughs> uh, synergy. I love corporate speak. Syn- synergy, which the- nobody actually knows what that means. Uh, only only yeah. if you're once you're anointed the position of CEO, you're given the dictionary for what all those words that they use mean that nobody in the real world actually says. You go, Their oh, it's all nonsense. chief <laughs> global diversity, equity, and inclusion officer. What does that mean? <laughs> said by continuing this successful Warner Brothers TV initiative through the DEI division, we ensure that Warner Brothers Discovery's continued commitment to training and development continues. Additionally. This is a strong example of how DEI plans to leverage our recently announced Creative Council to best align with our internal partners. That's like they just keep going and going with this synergy language, and I I don't understand it. This is not a human language. No, normal people don't talk like that. This is the like social engineering is so the opposite of actually like being compassionate. Yeah. Or understanding, or profitable, or efficient. Well, even thinking even. about talking like that, it's it's like when you listen to somebody talk like that, it's not like that's anybody's individual experience. No one person yeah. writes like that. No I one saw person one talks like yeah. person who was mad on Twitter that actually made a good point. He said, "If you are mad about Zaslav uh, cutting this, like before the news came out that they was back." Um, if you want Zaslav gone, unsubscribe from HBO Max. Yeah. Don't watch House of the Dragon, and that will show him. In fact, it's the only way to do that. Otherwise, he's called your bluff. Well, and he said, this news is a bummer, but are we shocked that the guy they hired to make cuts is making cuts? No, we're not. $3 billion was what they said they needed to make when they took when, when Warner Brothers and Discovery merged. They said they needed to make $3 billion in cuts to uh, move towards profitability, right? Mm-hmm. So, Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, they, they canceled Batgirl, and they canceled Scoob, and they canceled all these other programs that... Uh, you they know, can't cancel that J.J. Abrams the Oh, I forgot series. the name. It even, it even had a pretentious name. I forgot the name. It was this really pretentious. Demimond? Demimonde or something like Demimonde. that. Uh, and he they, they gave J.J. Uh, Abrams like a $250 million contract like a year ago, and he's done exactly nothing with it. Wow. Like, Nice work if you can get it. Where they just give you, <laughs> like he's actually making stuff for I like I thought that Apple that was TV. a finished series though. No. Demimond... The other, but the but they gave him like an open contract. Remember, he was supposed to do the the uh, the Black Superman movie that that they were pitching with Ta-Nehisi Coates. Oh, okay, uh, there was some other finished series that got canceled recently. As if anybody wanted to see a. 
Ta-Nehisi Coates Superman movie ever in the history of the world. It's just um, like gay Superman. Yes. That, that, that got that, cut too. And that comic just got canceled. Yeah. Uh, they, I mean, they probably knew that was going to happen. I, this already happened in the comic book industry trying to... I'm not going to even say like wokeify, but trying to like super diversify all these characters uh, unnecessarily. Like there, no one's calling characters. for it. Yeah. Or no, they, there were people calling for it, but the people who were calling for it weren't the people who actually consume the media. So, you know, uh, people are saying, why aren't there enough, uh, I don't know, like uh, uh, fat disabled people in, in superheroes. And so they're like, all right, we'll, we'll make Thor that. Yeah. And then the comic comes out and no one buys it, of course. Well, and then they always, they, they always, they, you get the take that in sell because the first one will do well <laughs> because the, the collectors and the speculators will, will buy that first issue uh, to sell it or to hold on to it because it's some type of milestone. It's a right. fake milestone. It's not an actual accomplishment. It's kind of like in baseball right now, pardon the, the sports uh, analogy, but in baseball, there's this weird focus on like weird statistics that don't really matter. Mm-hmm. Like they talk about spin rate on the ball and they talk about all these statistics that don't actually change your enjoyment of well, the that's game. That's how all sports statistics it's, sound to me. Um, but like in, in, the, in that industry, right? So they can do that to those characters, but they never do it to new characters. They never make new characters because those don't sell because you have to use the same uh, characters and just change them. Yeah. Um, which is funny, too, because they made they made one character DC did two years ago called the silencer that everybody actually really liked. And it was like, uh, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a strong, independent woman. And she's she's black. And I, I believe she's married. Uh, I think she's actually straight in it. And that was like that shocked everyone at the time because they're like, holy crap. But uh, like, that, why is that shocking? Be, because they would pick one because they would no, they would have normally just made uh, if they're white, they have to be gay. And uh, if yeah. they're not white, then you don't have to make them gay. But people actually liked that character and then they just don't do anything with it because yeah. uh, they don't have the, the years of uh, name recognition built up with your nine different ver- versions of Batman that you have right, right. now. Yeah, it's not. Well, a, what a about huge Snowflake brand. and Safe Space? Those are original <laughs> intellectual. Property. What happened to those guys? And then, uh, and sorry, then that was insensitive to their gender identity. Leave Snowflake. Uh, my favorite part of that was like they're like he's a jock. I'm like he's not. I don't know what, what school you went to where that guy's a jock, but that guy is not a jock in in any school. Was that DC or Marvel? That was or? Marvel. All right, so I think what they should do with those characters is wait 20 years and then have like a really gritty, uh, well written <laughs> storyline where they bring back like. <laughs> All these lost characters, kind of like it, make it like the boys or something, and yeah. it has mm-hmm. all the um, the trans and disabled and uh, the characters that were quickly forgotten about or discontinued. And the, there was the one that had like the power that he got through internet gas, which they never explained what the hmm. frick that actually oh, yeah. is. Like uh, his like he, he's a, he can control the internet or something like that. So yeah, what the was new, he called? The new, the new warriors. That was the name of that comic series. Okay. That was based off that. Even that's like a re uh, a rehash. So. Uh, so it says both workshops have been a popular and sought after avenue for training emerging writers and directors. Uh, and then they do make reference to Regina King, who directed the Rings of Power. That's a weird flex because the Rings of Power is awful. But the rest of them seem fair enough. Uh, like they, they mentioned Lovecraft Country, which I believe was one of those ones that got actually halfway decent ratings, but then got canceled anyway, probably because of production budget was too high to mm. justify uh, and remember that was like, did you see that? The, it's based on like HP Lovecraft, but it's like, it's, 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 it's like an all black cast. Oh, because they want to spite Lovecraft yeah, because they, like because they think he was racist. Yeah. Uh, and then, but they also mentioned Jonathan I. Kidd and Sonia Winton, uh, Adaminton, which is from Animal Kingdom. 
Uh, and then also House of the Dragon writer and co-executive producer Charmaine DeGrade, which is like, that's a fair enough. Uh, House of the Dragon's doing very, very well right now. So is that it's... could speak strongly to the the uh, the talent that could be coming out of those diversity uh, workshops, right? But for writers and directors. But apparently these are programs, all major studios that have collective bargaining agreements with the Directors Guild of America and the Writers Guild of America have to have some type of mentorship pipeline for those areas to put people forth in the industry. And that's just to create positions so more people get paid? I, I don't... Uh, for the, a lot of the comments were saying that a lot of them, like, they, they end up... They, they do a couple of seasons on some shows and then they kind of, like, they, they don't really last. Mm. Uh, I don't know if that's because they're not talented enough or <laughs> or is it even possible that, like, uh, a writer who had to make it on his own... Say that writer that comes out of that program is really talented and that's fine, but, like, they're automatically kind of getting second guest because they came out of a mentorship program that somebody else might feel like they didn't have access to. So there might be a little bit of like resentment there. Even. Right. Right. But I think it's entirely fair to say that they had the upper hand who? and maybe like the people who were taken up into the mentorship program. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a whole other conversation yeah. about, uh, you know, affirmative action or whatever, but like, that's not unfair to say, especially when the products that are coming out of it rings of power especially are yeah. not good yeah. uh, well, like i i'm a little bit hung up on rings of power because i was just thinking about like how this is supposed to be a prequel series to the rest of it and like if <laughs> if all of these societies all of these races are uh ethnically diverse they just in the beginning <laughs> what happened yeah in in the in between time, makes you wonder what happened to them. Maybe they'll write it in. It'll like end with like a a, a dwarf uh, ethnic cleansing. <laughs> they're, like, they're like putting this on Tolkien, like he wrote some kind of mass genocide into yeah. That, into what? what if they did that? What if that was like the end goal of this was just to to really to discredit frame him. yeah to to really discredit Tolkien? <laughs> it's so weird. This is one of the comments from the article. It says, "Let's be clear. This is complete and utter BS. We all know that when writers get hired through diversity programs, they get a, a position for a season, and the studio picks up the cost. Uh, SW um, a staff writer position." Uh, and the studio picks up the cost, then they get fired by the show so that the show doesn't have to promote them. Then the show hires a new free uh, staff writer for the next season and so on and so forth. This is why we have so many women and people of color who never advance beyond low-level writing jobs. These companies need to step up. So what I wanted to point out was like, after they went back, now the people didn't know initially why they reinstated this program. I believe it is because of the collective bargaining agreements. These people might believe that it's because they spoke up about it. But even when they do what they want and they bring the program back, it's still never enough. Mm. Like they're still going like there's still remember, there's always more work to be done. Like, it's never enough because it's a problem in the first place that it would cross their mind to yeah. get rid of the program. How dare you? How very dare you? Even if they wanted to replace it with something that could be better. Yeah. They, we don't they, know. They say that the, uh, they could be wrong, but Donald Glover was an example of an entry-level writer recruited through one of these programs who ended up becoming a, a successful showrunner. Uh, but wasn't he, like, rapping well before? He was independently popular yeah. on the internet yeah. for a Derek comedy. Yeah. So, so, I mean, they were already, yeah. like, a huge successful comedy troupe. And so, I mean, I have no idea why he'd even have to go through that program. Yeah, like, uh, he actually made it way his way on merit. Right. Yeah. yeah. So... 
Uh, and then, uh, so they're merging a bunch of divisions. I, I imagine that this will end up being more of a problem for them than us. I don't think it's going to cut back on the content that we're seeing because most of that process is so streamlined that well, they're going to make those adjustments. Some people think that uh, when it comes to the Cartoon Network uh, intellectual yeah. property, they're going to get rid of new shows in favor of rebooting old ones for the nostalgia factor uh. because... They have crossed over Warner Brothers Animation Studio with Cartoon Network Studios. Which, by the way, that scares me more than anything, because if there's one thing Warner Brothers can do without screwing up most of the time, it's animation. But Cartoon uh, Network has already been on a downhill trajectory yeah. for a long time. I'm speaking more of like their their, their their superhero adaptations for animation is really, really good. In, like Their track record is far better than their track record for live-action movies. Uh, they mm -hmm. hit like probably about 750 or 800 on their animated uh, superhero stuff. Their their box office for actual regular live action ones far 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 lower and well below 500. I would say. Yeah, it's weird that they keep rebooting these old shows. I, I I'm so confused. It's like are they just stuck in this weird loop or do these reboots of another Scooby Doo reboot is that actually making more money than putting out? A good show. I know show. a Velma series is not. It's no. going to be canceled after one, maybe two seasons. Right. And then I the second annoyed. season is the one where she's gay. The first season is the one where she realizes that she's gay. And then, and then, <laughs> and then they're going to gonna cut it for tax purposes, yeah. like always, and then blame it on the incels for whom it was not made. But it was actually made because they talked about it. But it was them made the for them. Did you see that trailer where they, they, they trashed the fans the whole time? No, I haven't seen it yet, but they keep doing this. I forget what the other show was. And uh, it was already getting bad hype. And before the show even came out, they were like tweeting out. Mm -hmm. Uh, this show is not for the haters and for like all oh, these people. It's like She-Hulk, maybe. She, I think it was She-Hulk, she -Hulk, but not just that. Also, Rava from, uh, from yeah, Rava and Star Wars Obi Wan Kenobi. Obi -Wan that might have been what it was. Uh, it was just weird. It's like, why are you picking a fight with potential? viewers or fan potential baiting. fans it's yeah. called fan it's actually got the name like i think the critical drinker actually coined the term fan baiting that that's an, uh, a viable marketing strategy now uh the idea and they're reframing the debate because in that teaser trailer for velma she's making fun of the the haters who say that they want everything to be the same again and if they bring back velma she better look exactly the same as she always has and act the same and you can't change anything about her but like no one asked for Velma anything. Nope. <laughs> that was the point. Was That's just... why you're getting backlash. No one wanted Velma to come back right. at all in any iteration, looking any type of way, being sexually attracted to any type of person. No one asked for a Velma series. Yeah, isn't she 14 anyways? I mean, are they trying to write They're it? They're adults like... now, oh, okay. I mean, they can change whatever they want, so it really doesn't matter. Yeah, right. Uh, why inject that in the first place? Um, because they're just bitter. Like, I really do believe that a lot of them are just bitter. I mean, Mindy Kaling, the woman voicing Velma this time around, I think she believes that it's more a show about her than about yeah. Velma. That's which weird. is bizarre. They're in a weird bubble there where they like they have no grasp of how the audience is no. perceiving any yeah. of this. Well, that 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 gets worse and worse every year too. That's it's why it's really funny because then like I think it's a ploy to make like even like the the most B movie seem uh, like okay. Like I went to Uncharted and I and I liked it just because it was so not offensive to anyone. Mm -hmm. Like Mark Wahlberg is so inoffensive and Tom Holland is so inoffensive. Uh is it like the video game? No, but you know what? They didn't call me a piece of crap for wanting to 
for wanting it to to not be crappy. And, and you know, sometimes that's the best you can hope for is that they don't treat you like crap. Well, Billy Eichner just found this out. Yes. With Rose. <laughs> I mean, interesting strategy. I mean, he is a comedian, but like it, it didn't work by saying this is not for straight people. For someone like me, I go, okay, I guess I just will not watch that movie. I don't really well, care. Also, like, uh, a rom- rom-coms are already uh, a subcategory that's that's limited yeah, and, and a, not successful in the last 20 years. It's a super But niche. if they are successful, it's among straight women. women. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they not were banking on... men, whether they're gay or straight. They were banking on, they were banking on straight women... That yassing like, that, at the yeah. movie, uh, and, and then and he, of course, his his type of comedy is so annoying. Anyways, I can't stand his comedy or his on the street. Like I hate his on the street stuff. <laughs> I don't mind it because it's always seen in small clips. But yeah. if that was a, a movie. Uh, I could not hear more than three sentences of him trying to string together, just yeah. screaming at me. Yeah. So, uh, what I would like to ask Warner Brothers, if we're if we're going to talk back to like what they need to to green light to to make their three billion dollar cut, if they're going to make all these cuts, what is something like? Maybe they should be asking themselves this question. We're a little bit off topic, but what is something that they could bring back that could do? With a modern reinterpretation. I imagine something like that exists. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Modern reinterpretation implies something negative already. I know. I, I'm saying so like, you can't do it right. I'm trying to think if there's like something that was like so hated that they could then repackage as something else. So but the things that were hated aren't remembered. Well, Just the, like all of the series that they end early yeah, now. Yeah. I mean, they, they brought back Looney Tunes, and I didn't think it was bad, yeah. but I'd still rather watch the originals. Same with Muppets. Yeah, so like a bad show from the past that was Warner Brothers that they... Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember any. Yeah. Uh, I can't even think of any. And there's there's just nowhere to go for these companies, which is like, but they've spent the last twenty to well fifty years building IP for like turning them, their companies into to basically IP vaults, right? Where they own all of this stuff that was once successful, and that's where their their money is bare. Like, mm-hmm. why spend money making new stuff when you've spent all this money? Uh, acquiring other things. That's Once what, that, that goes to the public domain, yeah. it is over for them. What happened with um, Winnie the Pooh? Have they that actually is done in the anything? Public yeah, it's the public and domain now. They are going to make a comedy slasher film. Yeah, I heard about, about that. It. So I could make a, a Winnie the Pooh comic book series or write them into anything. Mm-hmm. But still, somehow it can't be that per that or Steamboat Willie. Yeah, it can't be right. that exact interpretation. Table. There's like there's whole channels dedicated to like uh, open source and like uh, um, public domain comics and stuff like that. Like the <laughs> the guy I mentioned earlier, Zach from Comics Matter, says he's got a whole plan for like a five year plan for like the stuff he's going to write when certain characters enter the public domain. Yeah, because, right, so you can't really base your character off of a previous storyline because that story is not in public domain. So I don't know where Batman is, if it's in public domain yet. No, not yet. There's so much stuff that you just couldn't use. They say, sure, the image of him you can eventually use, but... Can't have a butler. Right, right. (laughs) Can't have, like, you know what I mean? Like, like all that stuff. Can't have a commissioner. Can't have any of the stuff that actually makes him... Can't have a Batmobile. Can't have a Batmobile. So... Uh, I would like to see them put more money. Like, I feel like a broken record, but it's like, could you guys just make something new? But like, I go over this question in my head all the time. Like, is it is it laziness or is it just uh, they have a, a certain business model? Remember, uh, Bob Iger spent ten to twelve years 
buying stuff just so that they could own these properties. They're not going, and that's of course Disney. I know that that's not Warner Brothers, but that's what these company strategies are, right? Like buy it, own it, and then release it uh, every few years uh, before you lose the rights to certain characters. That's what happened when they release a Spider-Man every so many years, not necessarily because they need to release a new Spider-Man movie, but because they don't want Marvel to to reacquire the rights. Like the Hulk. I mean, the the first Hulk movie, they only made it because they were right on the verge of losing the rights to the characters. So they just came out with this angly crap and then still, I still would prefer that to the I hate the Mark Ruffalo uh, yeah I, I'm, I'm done with uh, superhero movies I can't watch them anymore yeah like I, we're kind of like it's one of those things we talk about it a lot and I, I have interest in certain aspects of it but like when we went and saw the Batman I was just like Ugh. I, I like the Batman and I should have liked it but I just it was too long like and we gave it a fairly mm. good, like I gave it a fairly good review but I watched it again and I liked it less the second time around okay. and usually if I if, if a movie even gets to a second viewing for me I'm going to like it more the second time around right and I didn't like yeah maybe it just maybe I just felt it the first time yeah, but yeah really analyzing it you go oh this is kind of weak or something I know it was definitely a a split audience yeah. where people either loved it or hated it yep all right, so uh, we got some super chats there. Yes, thousand foot deep end said, "Welcome to the show, Rusty. Happy Thursday, y'all." All right, thank you. I appreciate it. Johnny Derp said, "They Aunt Jemima Smokey the Bear. That is all." When does Aunt, Aunt Jemima go into the public domain? That's what I want to what know. What does that mean? What do they no do idea. to Smokey that, the Bear? They, did they, yeah, they, did, did they, uh, they change? They got rid of Smokey the Bear. Is he offensive somehow now? I don't know. They Aunt Jemima Smokey the Bear. Oh. Yeah, all right. I don't really know. Is it? Can I open up a tab? Yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah. So Aunt Jemima, uh, actually, I had I had to look into this because I thought Aunt Jemima was based on an actual, I don't know, African American. No, they hired a wo- they hired women to play Aunt Jemima. Yeah, but like the original one was an Italian lady who uh, would just kind of put on blackface. Oh man! And so I was like, <laughs> or was that Aunt Jemima or was that the other one? I don't remember that part of it. Maybe the chat knows. There was another one? There was, like, well, they, a lot of stuff got taken away in 2020. I think we still have Uncle Ben's rice, though. I think that's on the way out, too. They yeah. might have taken that away. They took away Land O'Lakes. Yep. Um, yeah, I've been collecting all these. Like, I have a sealed uh, Aunt Jemima. <laughs> now it's the butter. Pearl Milling Company. Right. Yeah, that's great. Which is Very the most memorable. generic name ever. What? The Pearl Milling Company. That's crazy. Yep. Does it say? Does it say? Does it say what? Uh, what they did to Smokey the Bear? Oh, okay. Let's see. Smokey the Bear. I'll move to, on. Dizwiz right. said, "Why you keep changing D I E <laughs> to D E I?" It's it's a force of habit, right? Diversity, like, inclusion, inclusion equity. equity. Yeah. Diversity, inclusion, equity. Die, 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 die. Nate Parrott said, "It's my birthday, and I'm glad to spend it with the chat. The hosts are cool too. That's, see, we're it's it's like their their own country. They're annexed off. Well, thanks of us. a lot. And we're glad that we're kind of part of your birthday. But we were gonna say we were gonna sing the happy birthday song, but I think we'd get copyrighted. Oh yeah, can't do about that. that. Can't do that. Um, so, do let's we, go do we, into TwitchCon. Yeah, shall are, we? Are we doing Are we doing TwitchCon? I thought we were doing Kanye second. Uh, we can do Kanye's second if you want to. TwitchCon it is. Okay. <laughs> he said TwitchCon. I had, the, I had the tabs in a different order today. All right. Sure. So it says convention center event worker bemoans TwitchCon, says they're moving out. Thank God. Um, do you want to tell everybody what was going on? Yeah. Can we like play the video of this convention worker talking about the TwitchCon attendees and how socially inept they are. I got to make sure that the, uh, <laughs> is, it, is it this one right here? Security lady? Yeah. Uh, let's see if the audio works here with our new setup. 
Oh, it, thank God. What happened? It was um, these people that come to this thing were so verbally abused us. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they were terrible. Really? Oh. Oh. Up the down escalator. They're like, well, why not? I'm like, aren't you gonna get killed? What? Cussed us out. Really? So I looked, and then I worked at the ballpark too, and then we had a concert over there. Some people paid for it, and some didn't, so it was embedded. Right. And they just. Oh my God. They just killed us. Wow. And it was. I'm. That sucks. It's like this entitled thing going on. Oh. oh, sorry. I like I like how I like how over the top and verbose the guys like really? I know. they went down like, the up escalator. TwitchCon <laughs> attendees are socially inept and entitled. Really? You are kidding me. No way. That has to be a huge pain in the ass though, being security <laughs> at an influencer convention. Can you yeah, because everyone thinks that they're the special person who should get special access, early access. Yeah, everyone's trying to we do the big thing. We were just talking about New York Comic Con and how there was a press, Thank like you. an entire press line held up from getting into the event because one person was mad and making a fuss that they didn't get early access as a journalist. Oh, my God. And then there were other issues at New York Comic Con. Two people died. Um, the one person who died inside the venue... Uh, he was having a seizure and people were just like taking pictures of him, Jesus. not helping him. Have you noticed, like, paramedics like, took their sweet time getting to him. Yeah, the, the paramedics like took their time and didn't uh, didn't want to cause a fuss while somebody had seizures. Yeah, we don't want panic. Yes. Um, I guess their their reasoning is they don't want people to like just start charging the doors, but I don't think that would happen anyway. Someone's having, yeah, they just announced someone's having a seizure, move aside, uh, yeah. do not race towards the doors. This is not a, an emergency I think I can't think of many places in the world I would like to be less than at a TwitchCon or uh -huh. like any type of like what is convention. for you there? Like literally nothing. That's the definition like, of it was not made for you. Yeah, <laughs> like like I, I was not made for me. <laughs> and at then all. Uh, Trainwrecks TV Thank commented you. on this video saying the entire event is a circle jerk of insecure, corrupt losers trying to relive high school how they think it should have went. The good guys of Twitch are mostly selfish, greedy, beep, behind closed doors, and it shows from their vocal minority part of their communities. The, there's uh, some news talking recently that there's nobody meaner to you than like a geek who got beat up in high school who gets any sense of power because they don't relent. Is they, that TwitchCon attendees? I don't know if, that, don't know if that's <laughs> TwitchCon attendees, but that's definitely true of like people in the comic sphere who like if they, were, if they grew up uh, a nerd. And just imagine though, like you're part of this hobby that was basically looked down upon by jocks and, uh, and the cool people in high school in the 70s and 80s. Mm -hmm. uh, and now they have to watch as like those same people who became like finance bros and corporate executives are now making a ton of money off the stuff they made fun of you for when you were in high school. Yeah, right. Uh, which leads mm -hmm. them to be mean and angry and very, very, uh, they, they will not let up. And it's what we talked about earlier. I, I was mentioning as like, have you ever noticed like this weird fascination they have with like physical violence? Like where they're like, ah, I would like punch him in the face. Like they would never actually. That's do the that. feeling I get when I watch Stephen King adapted films. How the bullies <laughs> are just like psychotically murderous, insane, <laughs> yeah. and that is so not realistic no. at all. Yeah, you can really see what happened to Stephen King. Yeah, you can see into his mind more than anything. And he's a he's a weirdo. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, there were other um, incidents in TwitchCon. One person uh, in. He reported that he 
saw Hassan losing his temper at a fan for asking a question that he didn't like. And, and that kind of that kind of goes with like the fact that when you communicate with people digitally, you're allowed to kind of curate your interactions with people right. and then you thrust them into the real world. Everyone doesn't love me. Hassan is the prime example of someone who talks big online but cannot back it up because he wouldn't fight Sam Hyde. Yeah. But <laughs> that's another conversation for another day, I guess. Um and there was reports of overcrowding, people charging through, trampling disabled attendees. Amaranth had stalker had a perceived stalker, which that even that language felt like a backhand to me. They're like, oh, maybe yeah. she had a stalker and maybe she didn't. A there was a streamer stalker. named XQC who reported being sexually assaulted during the event. And all of this stuff, it's just like, this is what happens when the internet is let loose on mm-hmm. actual society. And there was drama leading up to TwitchCon for months as well because the the platform has been under fire for cutting pay for streamers and then they booked Megan the Stallion <laughs> <laughs> as a performer there and it's Imagine like her. you're owned by Amazon you obviously don't have budgeting issues you just wanted to cut the pay of streamers which like no problem here I don't really like tw- Twitch streamers I'm not here I to defend them but I would love to get like a <laughs> like a mic'd up segment with Megan the Stallion at TwitchCon having to like interact with like Twitch streamers like oh she's God. just this it's such a weird pairing yeah. right like she's why did they pick normie. her she's such like a mainstream normie and she's just over here just like what the hell is going on like here? who are these people and, and I do want to talk about the part you were just mentioning where they talk about the cold way in which Twitch streamers uh, uh, Twitch is treating their creators it says during his stream yesterday the man uh, the man known for his collaborative work with creators like Hassan and Austin Show expressed frustration with the platform that he believes is starting to lose its identity. He says, quote, I can't come to Twitch's defense anymore, he said. Your whole identity is that you're a creator-first platform. You're not anymore. You're not. YouTube is killing you. Absolutely uh, s on you. I'm not going to say it for the... <laughs> uh, if, if there's any reason that we haven't left, it's that our audience is here. First of all, YouTube is not a creator-first platform anymore and has not been for a very long time. I don't think it has been for like no. a decade, the, ever since AdSense came about. And, and in general, like every time there's an apocalypse, every time... Uh, remember when in 2020, or 2019 when they pledged like 250 million dollars to like mainstream press so that they could start pushing uh create like um uh authoritative news sources and stuff like that youtube wants to be the mainstream yeah. it's, media it's very irritating trying to find anything news related on you because it is just nbc uh CNBC. I'm like i don't i don't want to see two anchors talk about this yeah. and have this uh really watered down time and but the other thing is like with youtube you definitely know it's not creator first uh, with taking away the dislike button. Yep. They just oh, yeah. made up. They said there's a small or there's a, a community of people that are being attacked by dislike mobs and uh, we hear you. You want to get rid of this? And everyone was like, nobody no, no. wants to. It <laughs> makes no yeah. sense But to. aside from that, like whether they're not their creator first, we know they're not. Um, they are seeming to overtake Twitch in terms of like streaming is that true you th- you think i think so true? yeah I, I hear a lot of people moving over to youtube from that, twitch that's really interesting to me because like when i think of like streaming i think i still think of of twitch well because twitch is like this insular yeah. thing and then the culture is continuing to change and the the problems that creators are bringing up are not being addressed especially the issues of like child exploitation mm. and certain creators are are held to a double standard like right. 
Uh, there are creators that seem to break their TOS all the time, especially involving like sexually graphic content. <laughs> all of those. And they're left alone, but like others seem to be banned for no reason. All of those extremely resourceful Twitch girls who always find a way to, to get around the TOS. So they is like, oh, the I determination can't, of a crack addict I, getting his next fix. I can't use a, I can't do, uh, <laughs> I can use a hot tub. I can't use a hot tub. I can't use a bath. I can use a hot tub. I'll just do ASMR. <laughs> oh, I, I love it because it's like, it's just making these insane new genres yeah. just by trying to avoid <laughs> every creative but, destruction. Yeah, yeah it's, action, it's really like yeah. a psychological thing, like figuring out what do people <laughs> find that's appealing about this. And by removing elements, it just yeah. shaves it away to like its core, uh, whatever element I can respect like the the literal hustle of them like thinking over like how can I get around the how can I get around the sensors to somehow, exploit people with my physical appearance somehow them sitting in a hot tub in a bikini is less offensive to me than them licking a prosthetic ear microphone yeah. Sorry, like I would rather they would be in a hot tub. The, I've heard that ASMR is like that's that's actually like uh like only a certain percentage of people are actually like predisposed to like there's some that. neurological yeah. function involved that i don't mm. understand so they're like they're cutting their audience down they're like of those people uh, of my audience of horny 14 year old fans you gotta find your niche which which percentage of those would like to watch me lick a microphone and that'd be a very dedicated once they find it yeah i mean because it's again like <laughs> shaving away and then people you know exactly what they want to hear yep step into the world of power loyalty and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And then they talk about, they start talking about uh, contracts and renegotiating contracts. And I just laugh at that because they're like, they're doing these like, di like he's like, it took 90 days to get their contract renewed. And I'm imagining all of this happening through email. Whereas if this mm -hmm. happened in the real world, you'd go meet with them in person. Mm -hmm. uh, but there, there's just a, I wonder if it's like they have less respect for these creators. So they won't even take meetings with them. And it kind of speaks to the impersonal nature of trying to get anything solved digitally when because something goes wrong it's, you're, it's uh, amazon yeah. it's the borg yeah. yeah exactly right like if you're a youtube creator and you get a copyright claim or something like that it's not like you can assuage your fear or anxiety by having a person you can call you have to start mm -hmm. an endless email chain and talking with a with a rep from the company and, and if bigger, you have a rep if you ha if you're big enough and you have uh, your own rep and stuff i don't like have that. a rep i have uh 1.6 million subs I, I still can't no rep so you have to go through twitter and then you have to you know, mm -hmm. at uh, Team YouTube, and then hopefully get enough retweets and likes on it that they have to pay attention to it yeah. and say, all right, we'll look into this. Only if it is a PR problem for them. Yeah. Otherwise, they won't pay attention to it. Oh, yeah, problem. they'll ignore it. And then half the time, you say, well, we reviewed it, and it makes no sense. And it's like, all right, well. Maybe it makes no sense because you can't read. <laughs> yeah, we reviewed it, and we still uh, strike the video or whatever the issue was. So what were the other safety concerns there? Well, we've also got the death trap foam pit, <laughs> which we mentioned. Uh, where where any and all adult film stars go to break their back. Okay, in, in not one, just one, adult film yeah. stars. There was who, one, who, two <laughs> other streamers who were not porn stars yes. also got injured in there. I think someone dislocated their knee. 
jumping in there. Those I, like I'm just picturing like how is there not like a company this big? How is there not like it some dude there measuring the de- the depth of that pit? Yeah, it no was, one figured it was it out. Lenovo Len- that put that. Well, that's foam why. Pit there. That's, you know, like you know, if you're making it's Lenovo so laptops, how? Uh, yeah, why is Lenovo have a foam pit? We'll never know. I don't understand. Like I would love to be at that meeting where like they get they're like get the twenty somethings into this room and start figuring out this fun uh, stuff. This, this live streaming convention that this newfangled live streaming convention that the kids are having. So my question is, how did this person even get to this platform in the center of the foam pit without realizing that it was very shallow? That's a good, that's a very good question. You would think they would say this is about a foot deep. uh, And I bet they did. And they still didn't realize that what they were doing is going to cause them to hit the ground. This is uh, very metaphorically rich, actually. Mm -hmm. Yes. She she got that far in her career and yeah. didn't realize how shallow it was. But the thing <laughs> is, until is like, she risks her life. The, the smart ones, <laughs> the smart women in that industry are going are just going over to streaming. They're making all more than enough money through that and through yeah. uh, OnlyFans, where they don't have to actually interact with anyone. Uh, like why? Like they have to use the industry. I'm guessing as like a launching point mm-hmm. to use those corporations as a way. That's to what get Mia their, Khalifa yeah. did, where she she went from. Streaming uh, to TikTok. She's a hilarious to OnlyFans to to watch talk. Uh, she's hilarious. Oh yeah, I just recently saw a headline that was like, apparently my husband's uncomfortable with my past. That's weird. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Here's the. Here it is. The oh. oh, I just hate it. Gives me the heebie-jeebies just to think about it. And the fact that they they grabbed her out of the foam pit and laid her down on the floor after that, you could literally kill somebody. Oh my god! Yeah, you could really feel that. Yeah. Yep. And uh, she she played it off, you know, laughing at first. She's like, I'm fine. And probably was like, Jesus, <laughs> so bad. I broke one of my vertebrae. Um, I've actually, in two places. I, I've like I've had spinal issues through skating before, and it's not a pleasant. Are you broken your spine? No, no, but I've 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 had okay. disc problems from uh, a fall to like that uh, basically compressed it, and mm. it's not a it's not a pleasant experience. It's not fun. Yeah, what actually ended up happening to her? Like, what were the? Uh, she got a rod placed in her back to. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> for for I'm, those I'm, listening on Spotify, four, Brett is I'm looking 14. like a fourteen-year-old boy I'm, right I'm now. She got a rod placed to her spine. So I mean, you can't heal. say that without knowing that at least somebody's going to laugh. Ah. This is still a free country. This is still we are still a country. <laughs> so I won't censor you. Exactly. It's okay. uh, so, like, uh, is there anything that you would like to do less than go to a Twitch cut? Like, if now. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I would go to an anime convention just to laugh at people. So why not TwitchCon? Uh, like Antifa, Antifa rally before TwitchCon. Maybe <laughs> that's uh, a day's schedule. Anime conventions can be very, very irritating. Really? Uh, I mean, as a vendor, I've been there, oh. and then in front oh. of you are like people enacting the voices from some anime. It's just super high pitchy, and they're just screaming at each other and uh, yanning and. <laughs> Mary's getting secondhand annoyed already. I'm already like clenching my fists. <laughs> it, it really, like I remember, you know, you want to be happy for them. They're they're all dressed up in character. They're yeah. the people who buy the merch. But then you have to say, can y'all just like move away out of the way of the booth? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, go somewhere else. Yep. It's uh, Mary. Next year, we're gonna. That's what we're gonna do for the show. We're gonna send you to TwitchCon and to 
And Just reporting to, live from trying not to hurt these people, it's Mary from <laughs> Pop Culture Crisis. It's a, it's, yeah, it's just it's a, Mary has the slapping game where she slaps first and then quits uh, every time she forfeits. And then I heard the some of the biggest uh, headliners from this TwitchCon were VTubers. Same thing for Comic-Con. Yeah. What yep. is a VTuber? It is a virtual avatar with a person behind it, Wizard of Oz style. So that why voices it? Why, if they're already there, acting and they're already filming themselves, and it's using like face mat, why don't they just use? I their think face? they're doing it remotely, though. Oh, okay. I, if I'm not mistaken, because yeah. if they were there, like I would be too tempted to just like pull back the curtain and be like, "Ha." Yeah, it's it's definitely one of the things that I'm. Uh, not keeping up with the times on is VTubing. It seems so strange to it's me. Like, Maybe you feel, could try it. I didn't yeah, feel I old until I heard the term VTuber. It's like, nope, I draw the line here. I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> yeah, I refuse to know. Yeah. Uh, and I do want to mention, at least mention Keffels. And, um, yeah, Keffels uh, is a transgender Twitch streamer who recently made her first public appearance at TwitchCon for a while. Uh, after running off to Northern Ireland. Wish I could just run off. Fleeing supposedly for her life from people trying to harass her. Um, because of her uh, takedown of Kiwi Farms. Yes. So uh, this is the person that, that this, this was the architect behind Kiwi Farms getting taken down. It's now back up again. I watched. Uh, Cloudflare took it down. They found some other way to get back up. And I there was also about, an alternative one yeah. throughout. Okay. I watched about. An hour total of the of the de- uh, of the video, the uh, destiny, destiny uh, Keffel's manifesto is what he called it, it just, I believe. It just ends up being just one of the most like I, I he he's telling all these stories about the different people involved, and all I feel is like a, pr- a profound sense of sadness for how yeah. like hard li- uh, the lives were of some of the people involved in these stories that were uh, basically there was a lot of uh, there was three different people who. Uh, um, committed um you know they they ended Sewer, their own, they ended slide. their own lives mm-hmm. that were attributed to being because of uh kiwi farms and all i could think of while i was reading these stories was just how it was it was chloe seagal uh terry berry and i forget the third name um i had it but it's uh but they were just it was just all just uh that their lives were just so difficult and very very trauma uh very very traumatic very lost people who got uh, even more lost with the internet yeah. influencing their lives. Yeah, you gotta get, you have to be super involved in the internet. I mean, I have no problem with Kiwi Farms. I think that there should be a place where people can just uh, do do exactly what they're doing there. But you can just ignore it. You don't have to go there and read threads about what people think about you. That's one of the funniest things when I was reading it is like the amount of like there was actually what was it Terry Berry one of them was like very uh, open with them and diplomatic and said like uh, like I, I read what you wrote about me and uh, although I don't agree with all of it like I, I'll take it as a moment to like like learn something about themselves through sure. what they said about him and they actually had a fairly decent exchange but the idea that if you're going to go someplace and seek out all this information that you know is going to be basically like a really big rebuke of your character yeah you're just dead you're hurting yourself right if you can't take it if you yeah. can't take it like and that's very very difficult for some people like i don't i'm not a huge fan of like like i don't read the comments on the stuff that's said about us because it's just like it's not going to change how i do my job 
I'm mm. going to do my job the same way anyways. Uh, and the people that have strong uh, opinions on it one way or the other, some people reach out to me and will have uh, critiques of stuff that I have to say, but that's not like a, a saying anything about me as a person. They just disagree with my opinion. That's fine. Right. But yeah. it's people that have these like sweeping generalizations of who you are based on one thing that they heard you say in one live stream or one video. Um, you shouldn't take it seriously, but the human brain isn't that rational all the time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you do always focus on the uh, criticism one way or the other, but it's just like, okay, evaluate it. Is this real? Yeah. Am I actually guilty of these? Is this something that I uh, agree is incorrect behavior? And then change it if you actually think so, but... Yeah. If you just want to be validated by every single person, then get off the internet. The the goal, I think, like for me, it's it's to yeah, don't read the negative stuff, but don't read the positive stuff either. Mm. Like like, just do your job the best way you you know how, and don't focus on the good or the bad because it's not like the affirmation isn't something you need either. You don't need people to tell you you're doing a good job for like outside of the people that you're working with. Uh, I don't need that validation from people yeah you'll start molding your craft yeah. uh based around what you think is going to appeal to the audience that is already commenting and the only time people really comment on something is i mean not really it's not never the people who fully enjoy it they just want to be heard so it's usually people who are uh, opinionated in the first place yeah or they're giving support but Oh, it's always interesting. Sometimes then you'll hear somebody like like that says something really negative about you, and then you respond politely and like, "Oh, crazy! I just wanted to be heard." Yeah, yeah. they it, that happens like on Twitter all the time. Yeah. They'll just the, the most vile thing, and then you go, "Hey, what, what's all this coming from?" Like, "Oh my God, you actually respond! I love your stuff." Like, <laughs> yeah, that, and then what are you expected only, to say back? Only in the internet age is that a thing? That like that? There's no human analog to that in the real world, is there? Like, is there a real world version of that? Like, when I people guess, talk about you behind your back, and they don't expect you to mention it to them. Like, it, like going That's to the a, analog to a like a baseball game, and like, uh, like you suck, number nine, and number nine's like, hey man, chill out. And I love like, you. I love you, yeah. man. Like, <laughs> if that happens, I've never seen it. Maybe uh, hecklers in a comedy. Oh, because that happens yeah. sometimes where mm -hmm. people just want to be heard, but maybe not the exact same way. But yeah, like that's, I mean, it's kind of like they're there, like, right. especially if it's like, if you're the headliner and you're getting heckled, meaning that they came there likely to see you. Exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's a little bit different. Or sometimes the heckler is like the, the over the uptight girlfriend or boyfriend of uh, whoever drugged them to that show. Drug? Is that the right way to, would you say dragged? Drag. Drag? Not drugged. That would be bad. Yeah. Um. <laughs> drugged them to the show. <laughs> D uh, disavow, disavow, disavow. Well, so, the, the paradox with all of this is the people like Keffels or the other uh, individuals involved, they're the most negatively affected by reading what people have to say about them, but the most addicted to that feed. I don't, I don't envy that, like that spiral. I can't tell if this is a, a grift or not, or if, like, is it intentional that she kind of came out of nowhere and is constantly, openly uh, making herself a victim getting her name trending, um, knowing that this is growing her brand. Was she big a few months ago? I'd never even she heard got, of her. She, her she rise was, was in 2020. Okay. But also she was active in Canadian politics before that in yeah. their communist party. I see. Lost of two of different course. elections and then left politics. Um, it's a strange lore there. Yeah, that that yeah. was the interesting. Like she went from politics to Twitch streaming, and like it started with games, but then it became about politics. Uh, yeah, which, that's someone who likes the attention. Yeah, 
And it's easy to get attention if you're constantly being attacked. So like bad attention or good attention. Because she gets a lot of support from the people who side with her. And then that's where the money comes in. Then she can make a GoFundMe because I'm being attacked by internet trolls and uh, do what uh, what Anita Sarkeesian did. Raise some exorbitant amount of money actually recently. Like in the hundreds of thousands. For what? Like I don't know, fleeing the country. Okay. I have to flee the country for one Give day. Give me $300,000 yeah. or like whatever amount it was. Because it was insane. Trolls are attacking me. And that's what it felt like for those those three individuals that they talk about in the Destiny, that he talks about in the Destiny video, that it felt like that they were part of a community that was, like they're all addicted to the drama. Like they're all talking about all these interactions between all these people. And I don't have the patience for that. In the real world, I don't mm. like. I because you never... don't have village gossip anymore, so you no. have to do that. So it's just it's sad to see. And then for for this, it's like she didn't get none of the articles that I saw pushed back on why. Now, if you, do you want to explain to people why exactly she was on Kiwi Farms? Uh, I don't want to get into all of the details because I'm not even the most well versed about stuff. it. But like stuff involving minors, yes, uh, okay. and um, and hormones and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so she's on there, and, the, and none of the articles mentioned it. Funnily enough, mm-hmm. uh, that you know, the it's, it's uh, anybody watching the show likely knows that the media runs cover, uh, so nobody holds anyone to account. NBC News yeah. covered this situation, and it, the way they framed it was like. This streamer is just inexplicably getting yeah, right. thousands of people hating on them for no for reason. being trans. <laughs> right, right. It's like the, when that like just doesn't happen. It's like when Bill Burr talked about the uh, the Rihanna and Chris Brown situation. He's like, yeah. He's like, do you think that uh, he just decided to just hit her out of nowhere? <laughs> do you think maybe they were in the middle of some epic end of the relationship fight and she was saying some crazy shit? Uh-huh. And he and he's like, <laughs> and he finally like, you know, like not no, that that excuses no, it. No, it doesn't. But the thing that there's there is precipitation. Event, like, there are events that lead mm-hmm. up to these things that they're just like, and then out of nowhere, a bunch of people just decided they didn't like her and then started to send her evil messages and dox her. Because that's, they're evil. Because they're evil. And, and they're bots her, and they're trolls. I see her on Twitter all the time uh, praising people getting deplatformed and their accounts getting suspended. I think Destiny got suspended off Twitter. I'm not really sure. Oh, wow. Um, okay. I don't know if that was something she did, but she definitely has her own troll army to go mm-hmm. and uh, attack these people. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really have uh, much opinion one way or the other about troll armies, but you know, for someone who really praises people getting their accounts taken down, yeah. it's you just make yourself such an unlikable person that that's where that hatred comes from. Yeah. Is you're putting it out there first, and of course you're going to get attacked. And they, well, it's cry bullying. They, yeah, they, yeah. they they cry out in pain as they hit you. The, exactly. The, the, they're like, oh, what do you mean? Why? How dare you come after me? It's like, well, because you're championing that motion going the other way. Yeah, and they're framing these changes as victories that Kiwi Farms was blocked by Cloudflare, that Wayback Machine deleted all of its archives of anything that was ever on Kiwi Farms. That's insane. That is like... Worse than social media censorship. Doesn't isn't there some connection between uh, Kiefel's and the Wayback Machine? Could be. Like well, it's like her, somebody in her family started it, or is that no someone way. else? I'm trying to remember what the connection was. Wow. I could be thinking Wayback Machine, and hmm. I, I think I'm confusing these stories. That would be crazy if true. I don't know, but like just the fact that all of these threads that keep tabs on like not just innocent people but also people who are doing really nefarious things through the internet yeah. are on kiwi farms and that's why they wanted to take it down hmm. yep um 
but yeah, I just thought I would cover that the this person showed their face at TwitchCon with, unopposed with yeah. security detail from TwitchCon. With uh, security. Not private hired from TwitchCon. Oh, I was going to say like, wow. and private security paid for by the people that she got from her from her GoFundMe or whatever. Yeah, yeah. $300,000. From, from TwitchCon. Yep. Mm -hmm. yeah. So checks. they're openly endorsing this person. Caper2x said, our own Lydia was at Michael Malice Live last night and did great. Looking forward to her vlog. Make my Marvel PCC peeps. No nation. See? Nation. Nobody wants no. PCC We nation. want Crisis Nation. No, no we don't. We Arise. Don't. No, there is no Crisis Nation. <laughs> I didn't know she was on Michael Malice. That's yep. cool. Uh, they were talking about it last night. Did you watch it? I haven't watched it yet, but uh, they did the interview a couple days ago. Oh, cool. Nathan Koss said, I saw a commercial for the Pearl Milling Company, and they had to put, we are Aunt Jemima in the corner of the ad. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is amazing. And it's just so, like, all, all for backlash that would have died down a month later. Who complained? Of, I mean, I, there had to be other reasons. Like, here's what normally happens with these brands, not to cut in between all these, no, uh, no, these okay. cats, is they, for one reason or another, they want to rebrand. Um and the best way to do it is to say there's a controversy and we're growing as a company. Yeah. They probably put the news uh, out there that they're like doing a good thing by retiring this mm -hmm. character. Uh, but that character could have been the likeness of someone who they're still paying out to the estate of by using the image. Well, they, 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 they're they planning it ahead. Right. Every, yeah. every so often they, they, they change like so that was like a like a mantle kind of like a different woman would rep would play that would represent that character for like a certain amount of years if i remember correctly okay. probably yeah Interesting. Nope, they don't want to pay it out anymore so they're like we don't have to pay anyone if we're the pearl milling company <laughs> bobcat said hassan can run but he cannot sam hide not <laughs> tacti platy said no asmr channel for mary Hashtag unsubscribing. There will be no ASMR channels affiliated Never. with this with this company. Never. Never. Not on my watch. Not this watch. company. Not me. Not, not anybody Brett, here. No one. Bobcat said some judging is needed in culture. For example, people who don't return shopping carts should be shunned. Wiggy face. What do you think about that, Mary? Um... I received a principled objection in my Instagram. You want to read it? That I you should read it. Think I should read uh, just because it comes from someone with this perspective of having uh, actually corralled carts. So, so Rusty, she she's not a fan of of returning shopping carts when she's at the store. She's just I'll admit it. she she's a she's a shopping cart anarchist. I I am a hundred percent on board with that. Uh, I, <laughs> See, be, all right. If I I've talked to people who've. Work, I've never worked at a like pub or whatever they have here. Any grocery. My, my, fr my first job was as a cart pusher, so I'm just saying I have my own bias. So here. did you not enjoy that time away from customers, away from? That seems like that's the coolest duty. You just go out and collect carts. Yes, but you're. But still, he was in Minnesota. Yeah, in the winter, where it's like freezing cold. But you're still. Uh, you're, fair you're, enough. Yeah. You're still doing it. You're just going out to the corral, not going out to the back of the parking lot where it's flopped over in the grass. <laughs> Uh, and then you have to pick it up and then carry it all the way back. Come to think of it, I probably wouldn't have hate, didn't hate that part as much because it was good exercise. Mm -hmm. But when you're when you're doing it for hours a day and you're uh, and you're constantly pushing heavy things around, we didn't have like a the thing that did it remotely, right? We didn't mm -hmm. have like the mechanical thing. They all we had have to do that it by, now. Yeah, we had to do it by hand. Well, what there should be is a a wide scale poll of people who have definitely worked that position. <laughs> and they vote. Did they enjoy it? Did they not yeah. enjoy it? Obviously, in Minnesota with the cold, like yeah. that'd be miserable. 
and, and Mary made a good point. She said people pick and choose what they get offended about in these types of things. She said, do you return every, like say you're at the grocery store. Do you return everything if you choose not to buy it? Do you walk it all the way back to whatever aisle it's from? And I admitted like, no, I don't always do that. So I at least understand her principle. So take you, on you choose what you are a careless yes. person about. Yes. Um, though there's, there should be some point in saying that maybe I do feel bad about it when I don't put it back. I like to get like raw chicken and then take out a bunch of cans and just hide it. Back <laughs> so they don't find it until months later. It just, oh, that's <laughs> sick, dude. It's just like it's just like take that. Just to kind of get get back at them. It's just back, like back at the system. It just says like a note on it says I am chaos. <laughs> <laughs> um. So here's the DM I got. I worked for three years in high school as a grocery bagger who also had regular cart duty. We literally are paid to get the carts, leave them wherever. It really doesn't matter unless it's windy and they blow into cars. We all love to see that anyway, and we'd cheer the ones that blew away as we watched out the store window to see what they would hit. This is the garbage progressive logic that resulted in people scanning and bagging their own groceries for free because they thought it was bigoted to expect paid employees to work. Hmm. I don't know. I, I got nothing to th- thoughts? About thoughts on that last part there. I think that's a big <laughs> reach there. But I do agree or I do believe that he's wrong saying that like he shouldn't be championing seeing cars get hit. You don't know whose car that is getting hit. That might be that person's pride and joy that they saved their whole life up to got to buy that car. Well, I don't I'm sure his that, mother told him that like, when he was in high school and working at the grocery store. So then maybe my argument is that when I don't put when I don't put like a loaf of bread back in the right aisle, there's no risk that that loaf of bread is going to leave a dent in somebody's uh, in somebody's car. Fair enough. Have you seen uh, Cartnarks? Yes. Uh, I, I just because I love that so much. Uh, yeah. I'm on team put the carts back but really i want them to leave them out so that they, so get they have people to, to to get see yeah I, I think that's that's the update to my argument is that i'm not going to damage somebody's very expensive car if i if i leave my bread in the wrong aisle i'm pro chaos all context <laughs> no context mary, mary and, and i will give mary all the credit in the world that she stands strong in her beliefs even as everyone tells her that she's evil and we wrong. need a lower trust society <laughs> here's what happens is um if everyone's taking the responsibility on themselves then yeah they do eliminate the position so they'll eventually start eliminating the position of people who collect the carts and eliminating the cashiers uh and then everyone's just on this working system all it takes is one person saying wait a minute there's no one stopping me from doing anything and there's no checks and bounds like if wow uh as long as no one steals from the store then uh there's no need to have security yeah but then if they get rid of security then you can just walk in there cut in lines take whatever you want and realize there's no infrastructure to stop me from this. I, I posted a clip on Instagram last night. Like a, I reposted a clip of this guy. He goes, you know what else isn't stealing? Putting a, a, another bike lock on somebody else's bike. That's rough. That's he's just like, chaos. He's like, do you understand the power you wield with a bike lock? I can't even believe those things are legal. <laughs> you could just be walking by a Dunkin' Donuts and say, you're closed. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> 
that feels more along the lines of like uh, that's the type of chaos Mary wants. She just wants you to take random bike locks and put them on people's bikes so they just have to pay somebody to cut it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you put that on a bank or something, then <laughs> the bank would just be closed until they you got the right tools. Hurt the Federal Reserve. Yeah, <laughs> just in the small ways that you wouldn't notice. Ian would support that. Uh, yeah, Ian uh, is gonna start putting bike locks on on banks on, on banks. <laughs> <laughs> that's something I would pay to see. That's the bonus content I'm here for. <laughs> Matt said, so a site canceled for anti-trans hate speech doxed MTG because, for, wait, because anti-trans hate speech? So weird how that works. Uh, so wait, so. Kiwi- I guess Kiwi Farms doxed MTG. Why? Uh, some people on Kiwi Farms don't like her. That's interesting. You would some of them are just for the chaos, for like the we chaos. were just ta- talking about, but like. Uh, yeah, there are all types on there. Joseph said carts roll and hit cars. The F, Mary, how hard is it? <laughs> it's not, I'm not saying it's hard. I just don't want to do it. That's uh, I, I I think I think you're in the wrong on this one for for other people's cars. I just I do. All right, what about this? What if you you know you just leave it and you put the two front wheels up on the grass yeah. or whatever, so it's not going to roll away. But someone has to get it. See, but even <laughs> right. that's like um, <laughs> like. Uh, like maybe less annoying than because it's still it's just like uh, when you when, the other thing is like when you thank you when you when it goes uh, when they're all in the thing you get to pull them all out at once it just makes the cart pusher's job less stressful to have to to be able to pull them all out at uh, once it sounds like a stressful them, job uh, to keep them in a line rather than have to move them does it sound like I'm trying to make the cart pusher's job less stressful no it does not I'm trying to no, make it, it not, more Mary. stressful That's, of course of course it is <laughs> Tacti Platy said, I return the items at the store all the way back. I have all the well, utmost. good for you. I have the utmost respect for you for doing that. Because even me, who worked at a grocery store, sometimes I'm just like, eh, I'm in a hurry. <laughs> I, I feel really bad when I do it, though. Yeah. I mean, legitimately, I'm like, ah, God, it's so lazy of me. Because I, I knew I wanted this. And I'll, I will walk it back. But if I they're don't closing do it, soon, you don't have a choice. Oh, but right, I yeah. don't do it with... Uh, frozen things. I return the frozen things. At least to oh. a freezer. Sure. Maybe not to yeah. the right freezer, but to a freezer. <laughs> <laughs> Matt said, it's mostly that the loose carts block parking spots. I double park, so that's... <laughs> I don't. I'm not really concerned with that. You really are chaos. You're just personified. Yeah, you, you really are <laughs> a terrible person. Yeah, that's me. Caper Two X said, "But Comrade Mary, you drive a mini car, so your chosen projectile is less likely to hit it." Welcome to the madness, Rusty. This is the madness. I of don't the drive show. a mini car, though. You want to drive a mini car? I do want to. Yes. I think it's more my vibe. Yeah, yeah. Like a, if I was to picture you in a car. My Napoleon complex vibe is actually being in an SUV. But yeah. <laughs> Nathan Koss said, cut in line, don't return carts, close banks, stay toxic kings. Stay toxic kings. <laughs> uh, that's my favorite uh, Instagram channels is all the guys who do the stay toxic, stay toxic videos where it's like, uh, uh, <laughs> he's like, call your ex-girlfriend at three in the morning and say, whoops, wrong number. And then <laughs> just hang up and say. <laughs> And the diversity, equity, inclusion program. <laughs> Stay, Stay toxic. toxic, Kings. Johnny Derp said, put canned shaving cream in the freezer. They'll return it if they find it. When it thaws, it releases its contents and makes a huge mess. That is all. <laughs> that wow. is, uh, that he is, has the secret. Thank you. Mary's like, I like this idea. Yes, I like this idea. Yes. All right, guys. Well, now that we're firmly in the context, uh, in the conversation of chaos, we are going to talk about Kanye West, who has just been removed 
from his banking institution over anti-Semitic tweets. Or at least we can assume that it's due to anti-Semitic tweets because it was after yeah. it was after those tweets about Deathcon three. It was Deathcon three. Three. Deathcon three. <laughs> uh, uh, Should I reread the tweets he made in case yeah. people yeah. are missing the context? Let's go. Uh, I don't have the screenshots in front of me, but he basically said, uh, "I'm going to go Deathcon three on all Jewish people." That's a very Kanye West thing to say. After that tweet, he said, who you think created cancel culture? Which I don't know what that means, but... It's suggesting that Jewish people created cancel culture. Well, I get what it means, but it just it doesn't feel like... As like, Where does that come from? Like, uh, I, I'm going to become source bro on that one and be like, source? I mean, Kanye is not in the business of, like, reporting the facts. I like the idea or... of him, like, linking something with a hyperlink and... I, I think that's why he maybe likes Candace Owens is she has like more of that clarity and yeah. like cares about the truth and like the specifics, like the numbers. Well, yeah, like he kind of she bolsters his words by like with the information needed behind it. And TMZ also reported that uh, supposed insiders in Kanye's life are worried that Candace Owens is influencing, influencing. him. Mm. Which what they're saying is like, but we want to be the ones influencing right. him, not her. We yeah. don't like her. We want him to belong to us. Yes. He be our lot, puppet. He has lots of social capital that we can use. And How another great. article from page six I saw recently said that insiders similarly uh, say he's going through one of the worst or the worst mental break he's ever had in his life. We don't know if that's true because we obviously like we're not friends with him. We don't know what he's normally like in his personal life, but they're saying that and I don't know what to make of it because these insiders aren't close enough to him to actually be yeah. talking to him in private about it. Also, before we go on, I want to call for an end to any and all of this. Be my, I'm wearing my dad's oversized suit trend that, okay. that they have on here. <laughs> it's a problem. Uh, it's You're telling Kanye how yes, to fashion I am. right uh, now? I'm telling anyone who wears the oversized suit that looks like he's like literally playing uh, dress up in his dad's closet to, to just, just say no. Say no. I, I'll say it, it does look pretty bad. It but looks ridiculous. Don't tell Kanye how to fashion. Who's the Who's the guy to the to his left in uh, this? The is guy that, is that her is that her husband? Um, in that in that picture? Yeah, probably. Okay. He his name's like, George Farmer. He's the CEO of Parlor. He looks like George Eads from CSI. <laughs> <laughs> he does. This is such a weird group of people. <laughs> it really is. Why was Ray J at the premiere of <laughs> well, Candace Owens' documentary? Like, I, I have like, to know. I would like to see a comic book version of this group right here done. Into They're so, a like, ragtag team of vigilante heroes. <laughs> like, what are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of like that awkward picture of Kanye and Lord. Yeah. Where they're both like, they look like emo teenagers. Yeah. It's sort of like that. So so they were at a, a film uh, premiere last night for Candace's Owen, Candace Owens' new movie, The Greatest Lie Ever Sold. Or is it ever told or ever sold? I think it's both. 
which is uh, Eversold. Yeah, it's it's a documentary on BLM and her uh, pointing out a lot of the problems along the finances of, of that uh, organization. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's um, definitely not her husband, though. Okay, it's not just fact checking. But I'm just saying he, he looks like George Eads from that's funny from though CSI. <laughs> um, it says we're to- we're told that uh, those close to uh, Kanye, many have distanced themselves after his recent attacks. Believe he's in a bad headspace mentally, and anyone working. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Crisis you. party. All right. Yes. Time to party. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. Uh, they're basically saying that they're trying to persuade him to get help. But I like the idea that, yes, he, he does have a very over-the-top way of delivering any and all information. But the, they, they really do believe that anything that isn't what they believe is something in need of help. I mean, yeah, like he is making, you know, kind of crazy statements. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I, I personally, it does seem like he kind of is uh, creatively insane at times. But I think that like the, he's he's one of those last true actual artists in an industry that that really works to clamp down on any sense of individuality and talent. Yeah. Uh, that he's uh, he just happened to rise up at a time before they in, gained enough traction within the industry and enough uh, financial capital and creative capital that he's allowed to be that right. in an industry that very much works to stamp that out very quickly because you have to be a representative of the label and produce stuff that falls in line with their values, which oddly enough in the rap industry are not actually good values most exactly, of the time, yeah. which is funny. Cause like I was, I was talking to someone recently and this is a little bit of an aside, but uh, I was talking about how I, I grew up in the Midwest uh, in the nineties, which means that I listened to nothing but gangster rap. Okay. As, as you want to, uh, I grew up on bone thugs and harmony and Tupac and, and, uh, and Biggie uh, and twist and all of these artists that were rapping about things that, I didn't really comprehend in the same way that somebody who lived in an environment where those were actual issues mm-hmm. that they dealt with. And it, it kind of occurred to me that if I was to grow up in an area with uh, absent of like, you know, I had a structured household, I was in sports, uh, I went to school and I, you know, you saw it as entertainment, but the people who saw that as their life, as a reflection of their life, you can see how that would work against them in a, in a way that reinforces things that aren't going to help them. Yeah. That's such a, a, a debate that I, I kind of have a lot with myself. Uh, I remember Cameron, the uh, conversation he had with Bill O'Reilly, where he's like, do you think these are all good things? And yeah, it, it, NWA said the same thing. Like, yeah. you know, we're rapping about what we're seeing, but also people emulate what they hear. And yes. if you're saying, if you're kind of making it sound like we are these things and this is kind of cool, then people are going to, associate those traits as something to emulate but it's just because they're they just happen to be the charismatic cream of the crop that rised up of that movement right so people inherently are attracted to the charismatic nature of these artists who are rapping about things that aren't necessarily good but are being done but it's being done so in a way that is charismatic Mm -hmm. and uh does kind of uh lend people to want to listen to it and emulate what they're hearing yeah i i kind of get uh really worried about the Rico laws, how they're using those against rappers who are that really destroys artistic freedom. If you know, you say something in a song and then they say, well, that could be uh, indicative of an actual committed crime. New York and California have both introduced legislation to, to curb that, to okay. prevent that from, from happening, obviously. Yeah, because, we've talked about yeah, that. Yeah, we've here. talked about that on here. Like, cool. And that is like that is a huge step on, on freedom. Like I know because they use that in Atlanta for uh, the RICO charges that have been brought against like Gunna, 
uh, and Young Thug from YSL. Um, yeah, if they don't actually have any legitimate crimes backing up. Yeah. You know, sometimes they do find like, oh, they actually are uh, committing yeah. some sort of crime. But just as a songwriter myself, sometimes you want to write a, a terrible story or a yeah. villainous character. And then if you write it from first person perspective, it's not like I'm not admitting to, you know, killing somebody. They have to do their own version of the Twitch streamers and find a way around it by making it about <laughs> right. uh, not first person and, and, uh, and adjust it. So maybe they, the, if those laws don't get put into effect, they will just force them to become better artists down the line. Just I think social media is a creative outlet for Kanye and that's not being taken into account. And that makes it especially egregious that he's being censored on there the most. Yeah. And that's led to his company getting debanked. Yeah. We use that word. And that's an explicit admission that uh, you don't want this person to make a living if they have certain beliefs. Which we don't even know if he sincerely holds. And we know that that's, I mean, we've seen this happen before with like Gavin McGinnis got his, uh, his banking closed right after, um, what was it that happened that, uh, do you remember that? I mean, yeah. He and had, PayPal, I he believe. Had PayPal. No, and it was a bank. I think it was like Wells Fargo or that's, like one, it's an scary. actual bank just closed on him because mm-hmm. they're like, and well, Lauren you know, Witzke is a political candidate to who, who got her banking taken away from her in Florida. That should be considered maybe the most terrifying of all. I think it is. It's digitalizing all money, all currency being digitalized and owned by someone. uh, And there's no way of actually owning that wealth yourself and having control on it. Because, yeah, then you really do have to play ball if you want to be able to to live, to buy food, to buy a certain amount, to spend a certain amount of money. They can control that. They can control your entire lifestyle if they want. Financially beat you into ideological subversion. But yeah, social it's credit a mega scores. corporation yeah. getting uh, beaten down by another. Like, if it's a bank debanking a mega corporation, which uh, may be engaging in illegal practices, I believe they have the right to revoke banking from them. I also love the idea that like the they banks- recently, I think Visa, Mastercard. Yeah stopped working with MindGeek, which is the parent company of Pornhub, because they've had a lot of litigation aimed at them about keeping videos of trafficked people or minors Hmm. on their website. I also love the idea that these, like, the banks, which are just the biggest criminals out of all of them. Yeah, right. Like, I'm getting morality lectures from the people that had to get bailed out because they literally lost everyone's money in 2008. Yeah, Yeah, and even though there was no official reason given for J.P. Morgan revoking banking from Kanye's brand, you can guess exactly why this was. Yeah. He yep. crossed a line. Yep. And they and they don't like Ideologically, it. Ideologically he crossed yeah, a line. It's an ideological line, not a legal line. Yeah. And I don't know what this means for his bank closing. Um, Basically, they said that he has to like, uh, like remove his assets to like move his assets he to has a, a new bank to okay. move his assets, and if they don't, they'll send him checks for his remaining capital. So he's gonna get these. I hope they send him like oversized checks, yeah. like like one of those ones you win at like a competition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they send him like a, a really big one that says Yeezy, and it's like six hundred million dollars. Like that's that would be mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, but it, it really is scary when you think about like uh, if for no other reason that like lesser people like people with less success are going to now have to double like think twice about what they say. And even if it's so much as just making you think about it, like, mm-hmm. well, if I say this, what if my banking institution uh, gets me like, like makes me close my account? That's going to get people to at least think about 
censoring mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah. Uh, just for instance, to make it a, a, a personal story, like uh, I got invited to join a, um, a apparel company, CrowdMade, and you know they do like print on apparel, uh, print on demand shirts. And then I guess the CEO went to my YouTube channel and didn't like you know some of the videos. Didn't exactly specify which. And so as I was planning this launch, I was wor- working with their team and their graphic design department. The CEO didn't like it, so he just cancels the launch. So it's like, then it makes me think twice. I'm like, oh, what shirts can I put on other companies? Are they just going to all delete me if they don't like the message of yeah. the shirt itself, even if it doesn't break any terms of service? Mm-hmm. And so it's that type of mentality where you're self-censoring, yeah. but with PayPal. Like if I say something on this website, because um, that's another thing, like websites who are taking out of platform um events and then using that saying it breaks their terms of kickstarter was doing that for years Uh uh like they had their comic book czar who would uh they would basically decide who got their got to run kickstarter like campaigns on their platform and they would use off company or like off platform it wouldn't have anything to do with the actual comic being launched it would be like we don't like your political views we don't like this we don't like that about you right it, it makes me wonder like for something like this for you uh like like you have to now like anytime a company approaches you or you get approached by a company or you approach a company about something and like we want to do this project with you you have to be like yeah but have you really looked at my stuff like you need to double check everything yeah. that I do so that you I know that we're not going to get a month into this work together only to find out that you didn't do your due diligence and and then know the nuance of what I was talking about because yeah. I mean I mm-hmm. I told the line with like a lot of imagery where I yeah. try to make something that's visibly potentially right there on the line and or crossing it, but I make sure that it doesn't. Yeah. So if someone just looking at something just instantly puts an idea in their head of no way I'm going to work with this person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I got to think about that with every company, every brand, perhaps if they go through my catalog and they just see one thumbnail they don't like, then yeah. that's that. And this stuff has kind of always happened, right? Like it's, it used to be the, the, the moralist Christian, right. That would be the ones that would try to back in the day, not obviously not in the last, 10 to 20 years um, that would be more inclined to want to get people to stop doing things with people because they had imagery or they, uh, you know, they want to cancel JK Rowling because she, uh, they, they think that Harry Potter uh, influences Satanism but and I things mean, like that. Where Which was the real push to yeah. censor JK Rowling's books no, to get them the, out of print? That's a where very, was the push to yeah. get Marilyn Manson's music Banned. Banned. Well, it wasn't Was that a thing? It wasn't banned. It was that they, they had parental advisory labels added to it and restricted sales to people under a certain age. Okay, but I don't think that's censorship. Yeah. Um, uh, and I don't know, like I said, I, I, I was young at that time, so I can't... I just know that that was a like, thing. That's a whole I, different beast yeah. than um, like mega corporations, banks, and big tech yeah. all joining up against one individual person the the better example in the past would have been like tv shows getting censored based on christian values and stuff but that's Mm -hmm. not the same thing as your banking institution telling you that you can't you have to be poor and out of pocket now because you're saying something we don't agree with and adidas is technically like in the public eye on the same page with jp morgan chase in reviewing their relationship with yeah. Kanye because yeah, of his I mean, comments. That's PR for them. They, it doesn't necessarily mean that they don't agree with it, which they probably don't agree with uh, his statements, but they don't want to deal with the backlash. They think of how much money are we losing by dropping him as a client or as a 
um, whatever, dropping him as a client versus how much money will we lose with the short-term protest of our products, which is probably going to be minor and everyone's going to forget mm-hmm. about whether or not Adidas uh, still works with Kanye in a month from now, but they're just still going to lose a ton of money. I used to have a, there. I used to take a certain amount of comfort in knowing that when it came down to it, these companies, all they care about is the financial aspect of it. That sounds ghoulish, but there's something to me very comforting about knowing that at the end of the day, you can always count on human greed. But then what they publicly <laughs> announce is he didn't align with our values. That's what... Oh, I love that. That's always the, the PR response. Yeah. And... They got that from their 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 CEO uh, update file. That's yeah. like right. th- that, that goes up there right along there with Synergy. Um, yeah. Doesn't align with our, our values as a corporation. And so as, as cutthroat and profit-driven as we can say David Zaslav is... We love uh, David Zaslav that's here. That's just a meme. Like, <laughs> HBO Max is still airing Velma. Yes. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, they're not cutting enough corners if that got through. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, Mindy Kaling's got a name. People. By the her. way, Mindy Kaling... I'm, I'm sorry I'm harping on this, but, like, Mindy Kaling already had a show called... Like, named after herself called The, the Mindy, Mindy Project. Project. Think she, How like, narcissistic <laughs> do you need to be? Think she, like... Uh, think she sells any kale products? Kaling kale? That's her brand. Should be her brand. <laughs> so it's uh, the the Kanye stuff. It's like uh, they're they're talking about how he's in a he's in a bad place mentally, and they're they're making it out like like Candace Owens is like manipulating him. Well, that for, she's some kind of evil mastermind when she just invited him to a party. To a party, uh, and that they're in constant contact. Like I, I imagine his group chats are wild. Oh my god! <laughs> like, well, he posts screenshots of all of his private text messages anyway, so. <laughs> I would love to I see... I haven't seen him post screenshots of his his texts with Candace Owens. I would love to see Kanye... Like, like you know, have you ever seen, like, the people who did, like, the... Um, there was a guy who took, like, Instagram pictures of, like, people, and he blew them up to, like, light, like, to, like poster size or life-size portraits and stuff to see if the pictures held the same... Uh, artistic value is like taking random social media posts and turning it into modern art. I want to see somebody turn Kanye West black square posts into modern art where they actually turn them into physical blocks, like physical square blocks with the, Mm -hmm. with the words printed on them. Well, the chaos of his feed on Instagram is so attractive to people because the rest of that platform is very manicured and curated and branded. And what they can do with the Kanye pieces. It's like, it's like, so it's like a, it's on like, like a, a podium, right? And it's just a big black square with the post on it. And when you buy it, it just disappears after a while because he always deletes. How about posts. like a cube that, like, yeah. each that's each what I'm saying. Can't, yeah, yeah, and then like, and then it goes away after a while. I've never actually seen Kanye's Instagram. I'm looking at it now. I didn't know that this is how yeah. it. Well, operated. he constantly deletes uh, newer posts. So yeah. there's another account called Kanye's Posts <laughs> okay. that posts everything he posts before he deletes it. That is interesting. Yeah, he only has twelve post up at a time yeah, I guess he, he deletes yeah. them um, so somebody should do that some modern artist should take it and, just, <laughs> and it just evaporates after mm-hmm. a while into the into the abyss I do believe that guy who was doing that didn't he get sued yeah he did for, for like oh. he was using pictures of people without their consent <laughs> yeah no technically as soon as you post it on Instagram it's, it's not really yours that should be anymore public, right? yeah it's, it's not really yours anymore really I guess yeah. it technically belonged to Instagram. to Instagram not to him so what if you post artwork on Instagram Instagram has that. Huh. Instagram can use it for whatever they want. Like, if, no if Instagram way. wants to use it for like advertising, if, I believe. So, like, if you look into the thing, like anything you post on Instagram becomes. Wow. Uh, they don't own it 
independently from you, but they're allowed to use it in promotional material. Okay. That's insane. Yeah. And, and what about every website? If you post, because I imagine that same type of uh, licensing liability would apply to anywhere. So if you post artwork on any website, potentially they could sell it. Imagine all the crap deviant art owns. Right. <laughs> well, I don't know if they can sell it, but they can sell themselves with it. With it, yeah. Oh, I like see, they, I see. they can market with it. Like cuz like every time I've you seen that. Every time okay. you log into Facebook, uh in like like what's better? Do they get the generic photo of a bunch of happy-looking people <laughs> or do they take pictures uh, of people like directly from their pages and stuff like that? Which so. is a little creepy. All yeah, of it's that creepy. Would be weird. Have you seen the the skits now that they're doing about like it's like the guy it's like you're at a company function, like the company photographers there, and he go he goes up to all of the the people that like all of the minority of people. It's like, can you get to the front of the photo? And it's like all the people like don't want to be because they feel like they're being used, right? Uh, and it's like that's a thing, like where they're like, we need to prove how diverse we are. It's like, well, if you have to like find me to be at the front of the photo, how diverse are you really? Yeah. If you have to like seek out the one employee, <laughs> like yeah, it's it's all corporate. Let's go super chats. Okay. Uh, Bobby says, look, the cart jockeys need carts to jockey. Gotta have some free-range cart wrangling to break up the monotony of factory carting. Fair, okay, fair enough. If factory carting is the, is, the, <laughs> is the actual corral that they're in, then yes, maybe to keep their skills sharp, they need to go get a couple of carts from the back of the lot. I still don't think it's right, though. Tacti Platy said, Mary, I got my 5.3 GF, a big SUV, Napoleon vibe. <laughs> I don't know. I still want a tiny smart car. You have both. Maybe you could have a smart car in the back. Depending of a giant on SUV my vibe <laughs> for the day. Yeah. Chris Bertman said, "Rain booty by Yeezy." <laughs> I have message retracted on here, so it still showed up on the on the spreadsheet. Um, why would he retract that? I don't know. That's what he was wearing in the red carpet photo. Is though. that what he was wearing? Yeah, I think so. Well, that suit needs to go. Is all I'm saying. Uh, thank you, Chris Bertman. Jonah Schmitz said, Frankie Muniz didn't lose his memory. He went on Dancing with the Stars and told them he didn't remember any of the day-to-day -day filming, and they exaggerated the story. He talked about it on Steve-O's Steve podcast. Ah, well, I mean, that's what the media does. Mm. They, they exaggerate. That's yeah, what they're sure. good at. They're like, wouldn't it be great, though, if you didn't but remember anything? But I thought anything? there was some, like, neurological thing yeah. that was at play Because he got in an accident, right? Like, doing derby or whatever. Let's uh, fact check that. But uh, I do like, because you, you know that there's just some producer in the back who's like, wouldn't it be great if you just didn't remember anything? <laughs> it's like, that's such a great story. John in the future said, everyone memes Mary too much. So, Brett, if you could be any inanimate object, what would you be? Uh, be careful. We will never stop making you into this object. Um, the Oscar statue, because then nobody would care about me. Even like, I'd be completely left up to my own devices because nobody would care. Be an Oscar statue. That's what I want to be. Okay. You're going to get melted down and made <laughs> into something else Perfect. more useful. So, yes. <laughs> Mike Worsick sent us $5 with no message. Thank you, Thank Mike. Thank you. Matt said Exodus Cry enabled OnlyFans by debanking Pornhub. Changed my mind. Um, I, 
I don't know if I actually buy that because I think well, that's the timeline's out of order. And I think that those are two different types of platforms. I think that OnlyFans, uh, there's a really good video, I believe, by Modern Wisdom called uh, How OnlyFans Hacks Minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's talking about the parasocial relationships that are built through uh. something like OnlyFans, which is, uh, it kind of, uh, it falls into that category of, uh, we have a generation of extremely lonely men that have been kind of, uh, that still have that innate, innate instinct to want to uh, provide for people, right, provide right. for someone. And it really does fall into that category of like, they're, uh, they, they feel somehow this connection to a person that they don't actually have that connection to. Uh, and that's very different from just looking up mm-hmm. random videos on a porn website. Uh, it's that social connection you think that you're feeling, really the ability weird. to message them and actually get a response from them, which is not actually helping you. Which is usually an automated, uh, yeah, or, or like an assistant or something, or, yeah. depending yes. on. So, uh, like, I, I don't really see them as the same thing. Mm-hmm. Derek Nall said, "Mary, yes, both J.K. Rowling and Manson were physically protested by Christian right. I was 16 when Antichrist came out." Manson was public enemy number one. Maybe it's a had to have been there. Uh, I understand that they were protested, but there wasn't a censorship campaign on even a fraction of the level. There, there's a censorship. Well, campaign maybe there on was, but maybe there wasn't. Now. But maybe the banks just, you know, the, maybe that censorship campaign was just as vast, but the banks didn't acquiesce and give in. It's a evol- It's an evolving thing where it's slowly moving this way. Like the idea of a bank. Uh, you know, dropping someone as being able to have an account because they don't uh, agree with their beliefs probably didn't exist before. And yeah. now mm-hmm. the first, whoever the first bank to ever do that was, they took the chance and they realized, wow, we actually have a lot more power than we thought over any corporation. Yeah. Like they have to play ball to us yeah. and we play ball to whoever we choose. I think it was the payment processors processors that help them realize that mm-hmm. like when payment processors were just like yeah, psych we're not gonna nope like don't have uh, can't use our, our our paypal that's too bad that's how you're doing your banking right now think of how many customers just quit paypal finally because of uh all their stuff with misinformation right but where are they going to go from there they like you can't like if you're if you're true and you're going to quit paypal because you don't believe in what they said there then you better quit venmo as well because that's owned by paypal right like uh and zell and cash uh, app yeah I don't know if Cash App is owned by them, but like you got to find your alternative. But they all they all ban people. Yeah, so so you have to really like if this is why I always take the the approach where it's like I, I understand the the desire there to want to make a difference that way, but I, I also believe that like it's sometimes a fool's errand, and it's like, am I going to really stop using Amazon because I don't like Jeff Bezos? No, I'm not. I've accepted that Amazon is just part of my life now. Uh, mm-hmm. Do I like every decision they make? No. Do I like every decision that Apple makes? No, I, I guess I don't really use an iPhone. So, uh, but like, I, I think it's very easy for people in the West to claim that they're uh, protesting something without actually committing to all of the areas where these corporations hold as much power as they do. Yeah, you don't realize uh, just how much power they have. I mean, whenever the PayPal thing was happening, I was just thinking if for some reason I thought I had to stop using PayPal. That means I'd have to stop collecting money from a lot of websites. There's some uh, sources of income that only pay out through PayPal. PayPal yep. And so it's like, all right, I, I think Bandcamp is one of them. So yeah. uh, that means I just have to stop using Bandcamp or making money on it. Yeah. 
So you have to kind of take the the good with the bad uh-huh. and, and think about it as like you can hold still to your beliefs. But uh, I mean, that's where you have to develop your alternative options. Now we've got that with uh, with um, what's it called? Parallel economy that's been launched. And there's uh, uh, but we, we talk a lot about how the, the Daily Wire is building their parallel economy in the film industry. And like we really are going to end up in a weirdly like segregated society based on ideological beliefs if this keeps going. Uh, and I think that. To back to what they were saying about like Manson and all that stuff, there's also the, the, the just the fact that social media exists makes it different now that there wasn't the ability to kind of um, plan and uh, build coalitions around ideas the right. way there is now. So it seems more, maybe it was just as fierce back then, but it didn't seem as fierce to the corporations because you could get a bunch of letters in the mail, I guess. Uh, throw them get, away. Get but some angry emails, I guess. I, but it's Yeah, I'm the sure same. the publisher for Harry Potter did not even shortly consider stopping the printing of those books or I'm sure the record label for Marilyn Manson did not even yeah. briefly consider dropping him. And... That's, I think, maybe because record labels and publishing houses have a lot of competitors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a J.P. Morgan does not have competitors on its level. Um, or if they do, then they are probably on the same page. Yeah, they're all they're owned by together. the same parent company. Yep. Mm-hmm. So they can cancel one and they can take a hit on one, but it doesn't really matter. The money goes up the same tree. Potatoes for Seamus said, Brett, we care about you. Oh, that's, uh, that's, How do you feel? Uh, well, <laughs> uh, like I, I feel like Mary's the one who needs to be kind of uh, told that because they're she, they're always pushing back on you about the carts. Yeah, I'm getting yeah. memed on. Yeah. Thousand foot deep end said I thought Frankie suffered a stroke. Was that what it was? It was a stroke. I thought he got into some type I of accident. Know. Yeah, he did get into a um, suffered terrible injuries from a crash and put a stop to racing. I didn't actually click on the article. It's just like the. It's awesome that he's had such a weird, like, ver- varied career that he just didn't stop at <laughs> at acting. He just right. went on to do other things. Mm-hmm. I like it. Uh, Matt said, "So the draw to OF is similar to Super Chats." Uh, I, I don't know if I. I think that's the same thing because I think that there's a. The I sexual, mean, it's obviously yeah, a lot less intimate. Yeah, the the sexual component obviously makes that very very difficult, uh, different, and and I think in that case that there's kind of um, this. Uh, innate way in which it's done in something like that where it's very very personal because it's private messages and stuff like that and that's very different in uh that type of subscription just on that kind of platform that's that's not the same thing yeah lane said defeatist and nihilistic why fight if you can't win are you saying we're defeatist and nihilistic uh i i'd like to think think of myself as pragmatic in that uh it's um we're in a world where you have a, uh, th- these are, uh, we, we get a lot of slogan, sloganeering and saying, uh, we need to do it this way. We need to do it that way. And that all sounds well and good one way, but it's a lot more complex. These problems are a lot, a lot more complex, uh, than a lot of people give them credit for. Yeah. Same with the path that it's going. We can speculate on where things are going. And, uh, if we don't fight it, then it absolutely will go the first the the direct path to that thing if you fight it and slow down its progression then other factors can come in and kind of change yeah what's happening and it can evolve into something completely different yeah. but yeah if you don't fight then you're just you're giving whatever the current issue or the current uh power is you just gave them the game yep 
All right. Uh, let's do Podluck, Mary. Let's do Podluck. Let's go. Uh, and I want to first talk about, speaking of Harry Potter, because we were just talking about yeah. Harry Potter. Uh, Harry Potter star Tom Felton refuses to trash J.K. Rowling over her stance on what uh, that the transgender ideology could erase womanhood. Uh, uh, this is like the least hyperbolic Breitbart headline in the history of the world. So I'm here for it. Um, Go then. Uh, actor Tom Felton joined the ranks of Ralph Phineas. Uh, Ralph Fiennes. I always say Phineas, but it's Ralph Fiennes. Uh, and uh, and uh, Robbie Coltrane is w- uh, one of the few Harry Potter cast members to support author J.K. Rowling in the face of unbending leftist criticism over her stance against transgender radicalism. What I found interesting about this is that he's the only one of the younger actors to not just immediately cave uh, and basically turn on the person who gave them the careers that built them into gazillionaires who are very successful part of the public eye. Um, that always upset me a lot because I think loyalty is important in a lot of cases like this. Sure. And in a lot of ways you could talk about, I'm not saying that they have to come out and be like, you know, go watch what is a woman or something like that, but no, maybe I mean- <laughs> not talk on it. Uh, yeah, to say like, no comment. Yeah, like uh, I, I think that that's kind of a, a bummer. To I mean, I always knew that, that Emma Watson would do this because she's a... Uh, uh, a, a more radical and newer version of feminist than yeah Rowling I mean is. I remember when she spoke at the UN but does but does freaking um, Rupert Grint have to have an like nobody's <laughs> looking to Rupert Grint for political views I guess the older actors may stay silent on these things just because uh, they're less active on social media and yep. they don't understand the issue that's being debated uh, just like, I, I, I love the idea understandably of the old, so the old people are like what do you mean what do you mean trans what I don't get it that's <laughs> what they're saying so it says uh, he says I can't speak for what other individuals have said he said uh, I am constantly reminded that the Potterverse certainly when we were uh, when we were finishing the films that there was an expectation that the fandom would be dwindling slowly over the years whereas most fans that say hello to me shout Potter or Draco at me even weren't even born when the books were being made and it really is this crazy enduring fandom mm-hmm. that's like I kind of I kind of meme on a bit because I do think that like a lot of people who love Harry Potter as somebody who loved the books growing up uh, I do think that they find a way to like fit everything that happens in the world in like Look at it for context. They interpret uh, everything through, through Harry lens. Potter, and that's their only uh, example of yeah. like the archetypes of good and evil. Yeah. Voldemort is the only villain. Yes, uh, I just the comparisons of Trump and Voldemort. It's, during <laughs> it's still shocking to me that uh, Harry Potter was around before you were born. Yeah, yeah. and SpongeBob, if I was to guess. Didn't SpongeBob start in like 2003? 1999, if I remember. Really? Correctly. Oh, yeah. okay, that too then. Yeah. So uh, you're 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 like, well, well, it's nap time. When this is over, it's nap time. Okay. <laughs> or mainly, I guess what's shocking is that they're still very relevant. yeah, they're still yeah. relevant. Like the the idea that SpongeBob has been around so long and it's still like this weird, new, refreshing thing that's creating all these memes is. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, he, he keeps going. He says, I, I'm quick to remind myself and others that Potter, for some reason, has brought more people together across the world in more generations than probably anything else has in the past 20 years. And I'm quick to celebrate that, he added. It came from one person, and that's her, and I'm very grateful. What's interesting about that is he's kind of right. Like but Emma Watson, on the other hand, would say the that, like... 
unity that spans across generations that they both love this thing they love this story and these characters she would say she brought that about and that's the ultimate in emma watson thinks she made herself emma watson (sighs) no and Um, like it was jk rowling's uh rather unique creative control as an author over the adaptations mm-hmm. that gave them their roles. Yep. She was she had an immense amount of control there. She's the, the last uh, example you'll ever get of an author getting complete control over their work before these yeah. uh, companies realize the power of IP. So right. uh, I don't expect House of the Dragon stars to be thanking George R.R. R. Martin no. for their roles or whatever. But like this is a unique situation where you really cannot... Yeah. Uh, you know, shun her and not look like it, it's the not bad the, guy yeah, in that situation. It's, like, it's not the executives that gave you this. It's her. Yeah. Uh, and what's funny about this is like, even if now there's like new games coming out like last year or two years ago, mm-hmm. and there's people who just hate her guts now that are like, they're like, like looking for ways to get the game and still be part of it without crediting her. There is a actual Quidditch, you know Quidditch is in the, in the <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. an actual Quidditch league in the real world where they play right. with fake broomsticks. So they started calling it Q, Q um, I forgot the name off the top of my head. I wish I They had to it change it because of copyright. No, because they don't want to be associated with her. Oh, really? I, 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 forget I thought copyright was. was a part I, of it. I feel like I heard both of these. Yes. Uh, but either way, like a lot of people were like uh, that That uh, the, the creator doesn't reflect yeah. our values. Uh, and they have very intense inclusion rules. Like you have to have uh, three out of five uh, people on any team. Can't be men. Uh, or like uh, you can only have uh, three men per team or something like that. Per five people. Per five, yeah. At um, most. It's like the definition of like uh, like new school progressivism. Like you're not going to find anybody there that's um, that's not hyper progressive. Unfortunately, well, I was like, advised not to say the R word, but Quidditch is probably the most R worded uh, <laughs> sport ever. They're literally running the, the around with sticks who the hell are in their crotches and like. <laughs> Pretending it's a sport when yeah. they're just LARPing. It's it's like, you know, and if it's LARPing, that's fine. They were really LARP. good at creating the promotional footage for it, though. Yes. It made it look like it was a real sport. <sighs> so uh, all of this because J.K. Rowling had the temerity to say that, like, uh, that that they're erasing women through the, you know, the being a, what she, they would call her a turf, a trans-exclusionary radical feminist. You know, another thing interesting about the Quidditch controversy, they have a, it's a contact sport. Yeah. They tackle each other. That seems like the breeding ground for all sorts of complaints. Just dudes right. who just want to hit women. <laughs> dudes like, who want to hit women. Dudes who want to grope women. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, and there's just one big, like, dude on every team who just clearly is just there to just hurt people that he wouldn't be allowed to hurt in the real world. Yeah, I can't like, wait to see the exclusive report on that. So I kind of, I have to give uh, uh, Tom Felton credit for not caving to mm-hmm. something and, and showing a lot of, uh, I like the phrase standing on the shoulders of giants, right? Your your, your career was made possible by somebody uh, from a generation before you that created something that will stand the test of time long after uh, these actors have gone and passed. These books will still have cultural relevance. Mm. Uh, and long after she's passed, these books will have cultural relevance. And it's not just Harry. It's not just uh, Watson. It's not just Radcliffe. Uh, not not just Rupert Grint. But I still lo- I love the idea of Rupert Grint having opinions on politics just because he's so kind of just. Bleh. Like, Wasn't he in the patient? 
Yeah, something like that. And he's like, um, he, he bought it. His big thing was he bought an ice cream truck at, with his Harry Potter money. That was a, he kind of was like, maybe it was the media. Maybe the media kind of turned him into like a, a fool. Like it became <laughs> a, a, like a product of like, look how quirky he is. But also Eddie Redmayne uh, called this out too. And Eddie Redmayne's my age, I, I'm sure. Like he's not, yeah, he's, he's not in his older. early 20s. So, so it's like you can't expect anyone with any backbone to stand up for themselves. But maybe it's also because um, Tom Felton's kind of – he's been less visible than Radcliffe and Watson. Rupert Grint For is, obvious reasons. For obvious reasons. Yeah. So, um, is he I, having any backlash from this, like realistic backlash? Not is, yet. Okay. Um, it, uh, but yeah. It's kind of the bare minimum. It's sort of like please don't hate the fans and please don't hate the authors of the original IP you're – making your careers off of yeah speaking of not hating the fans i want to talk about the rock i, I do oh yeah uh, yes i'm never gonna call him Dwayne, that, no. i'm never gonna call him Dwayne johnson he's are always, you gonna call him Dwayne the rock no johnson he's just the or rock. is that too many syllables he's just the rock uh I, I think that the rock knows that his movie's coming out soon and he's got his last ditch effort to really build up some good some good vibes for you his think film. he's worried it's not going to do well well i mean uh, they're betting low they're saying 75 to 80 million dollars which for a superhero movie these days i mean i feel like a movie with him and uh, a, a famous dc character from the justice society uh i think that he should they should be making a hundred million dollars on this movie opening weekend, but they're not going to. They're saying seventy to eighty million dollars is the is the guess here. Uh, but remember, we, we've talked a lot about how movies should be worried less about great opening weekends and more about making actually good films that get good word of mouth because uh-huh. movies with longer legs are the ones that are making all the money these days. Maverick had a $100 million opening, sure, mm-hmm. but it also stayed in the top 10 for like a gazillion weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so it says Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Damn it, I said Dwayne The Rock Johnson. The Rock <laughs> uh, on Black Adam post credit scene. Listen to the fans. So he, he's, uh, he talks about it in here. He says he's bringing the conflicted DC Comics book character to the big screen for the first time. During an appearance on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, he spoke at length about the movie, the character, and cameos in the post credit scene. He's also been talking quite a bit about how that they, they're going to have Superman in it, like actual Henry Cavill Superman and not just generic at the shoulder length yeah right which they did in shazam they just had a a buff dude in a superman suit you couldn't see his face so it says we want to build the dc universe introduce black adam and introduce other characters as well in the justice justice society of america the jsa is a superhero group that predates the famous justice league and he says quote i have been saying this uh, this is a new era in the dc universe that i love yes we are going to introduce new characters but also the new era means that we listen to the fans Henry Cavill said very much the same thing when they were promoting The Witcher uh, on Netflix, right? He was saying, like, they're like, uh, they had, like, one of the Weasley interviewers, you know, looks like uh, super beta. It's like, what do you think about, uh, about these toxic fans? And he's like, well, I don't think fans are toxic. I think they're passionate about the materials that we're adapting, right. and that's okay. Uh, but you know, it's, it's listen kinda... to the fans is a set of magic words. Yes. Now maybe the Rock knows that. Talk about accepting in a cynical the... way. <laughs> Talk about accepting the bare minimum on our on our part. Like, well, like, yeah. well, fine, well, anything. Just just don't tell us we're awful, uh, and actually listen to us when we ask for stuff. 
It's like yeah. battered fan syndrome. Like, we'll just take whatever the hell we can get. For years, fans have been screaming. They've been upset. Yes. Uh, I don't know. Like, have they been screaming? Uh, yes. Yeah, I, I do think that that's true. Uh, so he said, uh, he said, we established the atom as the most powerful and unstoppable force on this planet. <laughs> the most powerful and unstoppable force in the entire universe uh, has been on the sidelines for too long. Uh, and it's, you know, he's, he's a good... Ambassador, he's I think a good he, speaker. He made kind of cringe comments during the election that I thought were that I would I really wish he'd stayed out of. Uh, All celebrities have stay out of. Um, you know, lest you go the way where of, they do that. Yeah. but it, I don't see uh, him becoming this president of no. the studio like no. a lot of people are calling for. Calling for, yeah. Uh, he doesn't have it in him as an executive he's never been in a position like that but he is good at speaking in a grandiose way he has a vision so and he's got a likable personality cool. if you're if you're like a, a less initiated person like if you're like it's kind of like when um john cena did the apology to china mm-hmm. like john cena is a very like uh affable guy like he's mm-hmm. like he's all right but then he makes that speech about like apologizing to china and just lost a bunch of like respect there's something weirdly corporate yeah about, about him yeah. uh and then they all uh they advertise who's in the mir- movie which is pierce brosnan aldous hodge sarah shahi and noah centine centineo is that how you pronounce centineo it? centineo uh, he was in The Kissing, the kissing. Booth yes. on Netflix. Well, believe it or not, I didn't watch The Kissing Booth on Netflix. So I didn't either. You I didn't? saw it. De- no. I, I believe there's a second one as well. Oh, my like God. Like it? Uh, it was, no, I mean, it was dumb, but it was like mm-hmm. something you could just watch to kill time. Yep. Well, it's like what Netflix is there for. It's, it's, I think it's, it's funny that that's how Joey King uh, got her start. Yeah. yeah. And she's big now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I do want to point out that Sarah Shahi is in this movie, and I am a huge Sarah Shahi stan. So that is that is a good thing. I, I I'm kind of surprised because she's she's like my age or a little bit older, and usually they would go with a younger actress for those roles. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's really cool. Aldous Hodge is a fantastic actor. I don't know if you should be playing Hawkman, but that's just <laughs> that's just me. Um, Why not? Uh, I just I, I I that's one of those characters. There's going to be a lot of people complaining about Ray swapping Hawkman. That's that's just going to be a thing. Is that part of his lore? Uh, I don't think so. Oh. Uh, the, so. Uh, he's he's really great. If you never saw Leverage, go watch the show Leverage. Uh, he was but in that show. Haven't they race swapped Black Adam? Uh, I, I don't know. He used to I, just be Adam. That's, yeah, like it's uh, <laughs> right. I, I don't know. Like if The Rock fits that, uh, I don't know. Like what I don't Rock's... think Black Adam was Samoan. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> well. Uh, but uh, Sarah Shaw, he's great. Uh, the rest of that cast is great, and obviously Pierce Brosnan is one of the better actors uh, that's working today. So we will see how it goes. But yes, we can hope. That, you know, the bare minimum can be expected of people to just, you know, not treat fans like crap. Is that so much Thank to ask? Thank you so much. Yeah, do not uh, S all over the people who Pay you're bills. trying to appeal to. Yeah, so uh, it, it's sad that we have to actually ask that question, but 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 here we are. So, All right. We've uh, got, we got one, one super, we got chat, one super here. chat Action Man Professional Hater said... Potterheads are cringe. Kind of. Is that what they're called? Uh, I mean, I've, I've never called them that, but yeah, they're, it's kind Pot of cringe. Heads. Potterheads. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, Rusty, man, thank you so much. I appreciate it. it. This has been fun. fun. This is uh, an exciting show. It is. Yeah, well, the, it takes some time to get used to the money guns, like shooting at your face. Like, oh, that's cool. We're, we're, we're lucky. Like, I actually just go It's aimed us. directly at you, and yeah. we're just watching it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let everyone know where they can find you. Uh, YouTube.com forward slash Rusty Cage. Perfect, man. Mary. 
You can find me on Instagram or Twitter, both at Mary Archived. I also forgot to shill yesterday for for our referral link in the description. It helps us earn points for Jeremy's Razor's competition to win his McLaren or 250K in cash. If you use our link to get $12 off a Jeremy's Razor's Founders Kit or 35% off a Daily Wire Plus membership. So go use that. Help us earn points. We want to win. Yes, we do. And there's one more super chat there. Caper2x said Hawkman is not human, but Thanagorian MP? I was, um, uh, they, they did Hawkman in uh, um, Legends of Tomorrow. It was kind of meh. Uh, it is what it is. I love Aldous Hodge as an actor, though, so we'll see. He's actually one of those people. I've seen him do a couple things where in that sh- in the show Leverage, he would purposely do bad accents because kind of the, the gimmick of the show is that it was kind of... Um, it's a it's like a drama comedy uh-huh. sort of but it, it leans into the comedy element so they would be uh they're criminals who would like take down corporate ceos and executives who like ripped people off okay and he would sometimes do these like really funny accents that were very clearly bad like he doesn't sound like he's like he's he's like uh like he's like a guy from like zimbabwe or something he's like and then i read all 600 pages of your book and he's like the it's like purposely really bad because yeah. he's like look how dumb this guy is to believe that his accent would actually sound like that but then i've seen him and other things where he's actually doing like real accents and it's cool to see that he's actually able to do them but they're like could you like maybe do this but bad right yeah Yeah. like don't be convincing yeah exactly yeah all right there's one more there tacti platy asked pcc meme review tomorrow do we do we do it tomorrow we have ian on tomorrow do we do we what do do you think what do you think guys do we or should we have dane on he would be very he would feel very jilted if he didn't get to do meme review with us but i feel like it's a friday activity fun casual thing it it does um maybe we Uh, uh, will have to we'll have to huddle on this one and figure out whether we do meme review to potatoes for seamus said i second tacky platy i I don't know i feel like we need dane for for meme review he's already mad at me for not watching survivor oh yeah yeah maybe guys tensions are high in the studio Uh, i think we're gonna save meme review for dane on monday so that will be the executive decision that sounds good we're making and then from there maybe after that we give dane like a like an ultimatum like hey you can if you you want meme review you gotta come on friday yeah yep all right guys if you want to follow me you can follow me on instagram at brett dasvic for the show we are here monday through friday 3 p.m eastern standard time that is noon pacific we are also on social media twitter at pop culture underscore show facebook and tiktok at pop culture crisis and instagram at pop culture crisis pod if you would like to listen Rather than watch the show, we are on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and Spotify. And before we go, we've got two more here, Mary. Go for it. Oh, Thousand Foot Deep End said, meme review needs Dane. True. Uh, and Matt said, description says, <laughs> closer kitty, stop charging me, LOL. I have to char- I have to oh. change your, in the in the description for yeah, the video. Yeah, yeah. I changed app. my Instagram at. All right. All right, so I guess the, then the executive decision has been made. Thousand Foot Deep End says meme review it needs Dane. Monday. So we will do the, the meme review on Monday. We will be back with another episode tomorrow. We'll see you then, guys. Bye. Bye. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today. 
at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.